RSN Carnival 2. Carnival 2 Digital Radio, WARFradio.com and the VFL app. It is the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Match of the Day. The preliminary final. Who will meet the Bulldogs next week? The Collingwood Magpies or the Southern Saints? I'm Peter Holden. Thank you very much for your company on uh, what started out to be a glorious Sunday in Port Melbourne. And then the weather said, uh, no, no thanks. And it's all of a sudden become overcast with... One or two slight little bits of drizzle. Hopefully, though, that will clear up as the day goes along. I'm Peter Holden. Great to have your company. Let's introduce our star-studded commentary team. First of all, going to introduce you as host for you last Sunday. Today is our lead play-by-play caller. A warm welcome to Melbourne University VAFA Premiership footballer from last year, Lucy Watkin. Thanks, Pete. Good to be here again. And also, I feel like a bit more chill not being in the hosting chair as <laughs> yeah. well. Just, 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 just a few less responsibilities. We'll go down the line and we'll introduce of course our boundary rider for today he was on play by play uh, last week he'll be bouncing around the huddles if they'll let him in with that bull ants beanie a, a very warm welcome to Paul Sebastiani you got me there on the yeah yeah thanks for uh, yeah it's, not, it's, it's a bit of a strange day weather wise lucky I bought the umbrella I reckon I think it's going to pour down soon so I might end up in the grandstand with you later on <laughs> don't jinx it don't jinx it <laughs> because Collingwood have only kicked three goals and one goal respectively this finals campaign oh. and I think they just want the weather to be a little bit more nicer just quietly with the beanie on I hope they only kick one today just quietly but it beanie off um, yeah looking forward to a good game so um, no it should be a good one Peter now let's introduce on our commentary team for today they are 2018 Hawthorne Football Club VFLW Premiership Footballers first of all it's great to have you she was with us two weeks ago for the qualifying final between these two sides at Victoria Park a warm welcome back to Meg Hutchins uh, good morning is it still morning yeah good morning everyone how are we well, I'm feeling a bit cool. <laughs> the weather's just turned on us. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, kind of a little bit like the uh, last time they met, with a bit of breeze coming across ground. So it'll be interesting to see the, uh, the lessons that both coaches and teams have learnt from then. And also alongside you, as we said, your premiership teammate last year at Marvel Stadium in the 2018 VFLW Grand Final. It's great to have, making her debut here at WARF Radio, the one and only Phoebe McWilliams. How are you, P-Mac? I'm good, thanks, Pete. Thanks for having me. Um, do you want to talk more about that Grand Final? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to. Just quietly, your coach is behind you, and he's probably more than happy to as well. We'll, we'll actually talk a little bit about um, preparing for that in a moment's time. But I do have to say, as much as your premiership teammates... A slight rivalry last week at Shepley Oval. Your old clubs, the Eastern Devils and the St Kilda Sharks met. uh, And I hate to say it, Meg, but Phoebe got the chocolate. She did, she did. Um, Look, it was really actually nice to go back out there and and support the old clubs. And, you know, obviously us now in VFLW, we never forget where we come from. And it was really nice to sort of see Phoebe's back out there in in her Sharks jumper. And, um, (laughs) yeah, she's having a good old time. And, yeah, it was just really nice to sort of see some of the old players running around still and uh, a couple of... A couple of faces you haven't seen for a long time, but congratulations to the Sharks. Um, it's been you. a long, t- little bit of time between drinks for them, so yep. um, no, well deserved, and it was a great grand final. Yeah, uh, no, Hachi and I have uh, played against one another many, many times. Probably about <laughs> ten years we've been opponents, and then 
yeah, last year we, we became teammates, so that's been really nice. Um, but, yeah, I was pretty happy with the Sharks. <laughs> the line. Uh, and no doubt plenty of celebrations. What was the income in the venue last week? Where was the... Uh... <laughs> I think they did a bit of a pub crawl um, <laughs> for a couple of days. The door. <laughs> Just don't do what Lucy did with Melbourne University last year, which is put a dent in the Premiership Cup. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, we dropped the cup at um, oh, no. the Penny Black, and now it's got a dent in it. There's a really great photo of Sam Lane holding it, just like, what happened to this? Yeah. <laughs> Let's have a look for today's game, Collingwood and the Southern Saints here at Northport Oval. And I actually just might pick up for, for both Meg and, and uh, Phoebe. Last year, this week, you're in the position which the Bulldogs are now. You're sitting back, you're watching. What is the mood? What are the nerves? What's the atmosphere like when you're sitting back awaiting your fate for next week? Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of an interesting one. Um, yeah, you kind of come come to games potentially to, to sort of see what they're doing and try and learn about what they're doing and just pick up particular things. But the reality is, is that um, you know they don't really change too much in terms of what you've played previously before, and um, you know you need to obviously sit there and watch and hope. Hopefully they kind of bash each other up a little bit too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But then, you know, understand and, and have faith that your system is going to be able to um, overcome either of the two teams that, that you might meet. We might send Paul Sebastiani downstairs because we see Collingwood warming up now and we'll see if we can get uh, Penny Kula-Reed. Um, Phoebe, is there almost a little bit of danger of overthinking it when you've got that week off? Because you see the game, then you watch the video, you've got all that time off on your hands that you're you know you're just going over and over again in your mind what they did and what you need to do. Yeah, I think um, I was the complete opposite to you, Hachi. And in that week off, I... Um completely switched off from footy and, and didn't um, watch any of the games because there is that um, the possibility of overthinking and then questioning yourself and your game and if you just, um, for me I think it was my birthday that weekend oh, um, so okay. I, I, went, I saw all my friends and switched off from footy and, and the way um, Hawthorne approached that grand final, um, Paddy's right behind me so she's probably listening to this um, but he was really relaxed and that sort of filtered through to the players as well and I, I, I really enjoyed the experience rather than getting too nervous about as we see the Collingwood Magpies out there doing their running up, I guess everyone will be putting on the binoculars in a moment's time to see if Bree Davies going to be playing. Yeah, she was out there. Yeah, because uh, we know last week the Southern Saints played Ducks and Drake. Uh, they had the warm-up. Kate McCarthy was not out there after she did her shoulder against uh, Collingwood the week prior, but we found out she was in the rooms having the injections into the shoulder and then ran out at the last minute. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, hopefully, um, you know, it clearly worked for him, and uh, hopefully, she didn't do too much more damage. But um, yeah, yeah, Bree's out there, and look, I think it's—is is it too much energy wasting? Sort of just playing a little bit of mind games with uh, with the opposition. Just get out there and, and do your thing, and. and don't worry too much about playing games. I think I'll throw around that uh, that question of. Is it a gamble today for Collingwood? They lost last week, so now they're obviously in this elimination game to get to the grand final. We have to be true to ourselves. This is reserve-grade football. This is the level that's underneath the AFLW. The AFLW is the bigger fish to fry. We know the bad luck last year with Chloe Malloy when she got injured in a preliminary final. Are they taking a gamble? Do, should the AFL squad come over the top and say, look, no, we need her for... January, February. 
Well, I think they released a statement just before the finals saying that they wanted to use these games as um, an opportunity to give their younger players experience. Um, I think in, the, in that it's kind of a balance of giving those younger players experiences, but you also need leaders out there because it is a, is it an elite competition that you have spent half the year playing. So you don't want to just throw it away um, by resting all your best players. Um, so, yeah, and, they, and those players will provide a lot of leadership to those younger players coming through. So I think it's a win-win for them to be playing today. I will throw out the thought, though, that the Bulldogs have made the grand final and they haven't been playing the likes of Ali Blackburn, Hannah Scott, uh, Bonnie Toogood, Lauren Spark, Isabel Huntington, uh, Deanna Berry. They've got, you know, their best um, half dozen or so and they have not needed them and not looked to play them. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Like, I think it's, um, you know, testament to their program and, and uh, you know, they've got some really, really good VFLW players that are playing a really good brand of team football. So I think when it does come to, you know, your, your local, I guess, VFLW football, you do have a reliance on on your VFLW listed players um, to make sure that, you know, they're, they're playing the system you want to play. But it is nice to have a little bit of a nice sprinkle on top with your AFLW stars. Now, as we speak, we're going to have a special guest in just a moment. We need Paul Sebastiani to hand over the uh, headphones and the mic so we can chat to our special guest. Of course, she is the coach of the Southern Saints, five-time Darabin Premiership coach as well in the VWFL. It's great to have uh, with us the one and only Peter Searle. Now, Peter, I want to start on a serious note to begin with. Obviously, for the St Kilda Football Club, the tragic news on Monday, the passing of Danny Frawley, I believe, uh, a, a colleague that you worked alongside um, in, in the last couple of years, I think 2017, 2018. Um, personally, for yourself, how are you and how are the players in the clubs on that news? Yeah, it's been a pretty uh, full-on week in respect to that. I mean, um, you know, Danny's influence at the club on numerous generations uh, throughout the time has, has been profound and, um, you know, everyone has in the, involved in the club has been impacted um, and even to the, to the point where, you know, some of our girls who uh, probably didn't know Danny but the fact that um, they're in an environment whereby people have been affected by Danny's uh, tragedy, it's about, well... You know how do they feel about it? How do they? How we support them through it and so forth. So, um, look, it's been it's been a difficult week, but you know that's what footy clubs are built around, isn't it? It's built around, um, you know, we ride the highs, we ride the lows, we grieve together, we win together, um, and you know, as as Danny would say, let you know, let the dance go on. Has it had a, a galvanising effect around your club? Because you are the first team to be wearing St Kilda colours to play after the events of last Monday, that everyone's getting around you, that they essentially want to push you over the line in respect for Danny? Uh, no, I don't think so, to be honest. Um, I think the club, um, you know, we, we acknowledge and we you know, support each other. We're family. So uh, regardless to... To, to the tragic uh, incident that occurred that um, our club would be behind this team today um, in any event. So, um, yeah, I think it's just important. You know, we've got rats cooking barbecues for the girls, we've got the CEO cooking barbecues for girls, and, and that would have happened regardless. I was about to say, speaking of the support and, like, the family-like culture at St Kilda, 
Brett Ratton, we've seen him down at a few of the games and on um, Twitter the other day, Kate Mack posting the photo of him making dinner, I think it was, after training. What's it been like having his assistance for, through the program? Yeah, look, Rats has been uh, fantastic um, from the day he entered the club. Um, you know, even when he was the assistant under Richo, um, just his level of involvement with the girls was amazing. Um, you know, the girls come in during the day, they do extras and, you know, he's on the basketball courts, he gets in and he helps out. Um, so it was a seamless uh, transition for that to occur. Um, but, uh, look, obviously to have his support, uh, you know, it's amazing. I mean, you know, Rats, Rats sees the future. He, you know, he knows and, you know, he says to me, you know, in 20 years' time, we won't even be talking about this. It'll just happen. And he goes, our job is to make sure that it happens a lot quicker. Hey, Pete, how are you going? Good, thank you. Um, so I'm just going to talk about uh, the game today and, and probably more so about last time you guys met a couple of weeks ago at Victoria Park. What are some lessons you've learned. Obviously we've got a bit of a, a breeze here today, not sure if it's as strong as last time around, but what are some lessons that you guys have learned from, from the last time you guys met and are there any changes to the team from then? Yeah, we've got changes. Uh, we've got Mackie in. Uh, Mackie was sick last time, so... Um you know, she didn't play, so I think she's pretty important in terms of you know, just getting a bit of surge from centre bounce and, and having a strong body and, and just the you know the leadership and the experience there. I think um, yeah, I think that's probably the only change from last time. Look uh, for us, you know, most of our list is um, under nineteen. You know, so it was a bit of a lesson of you know, despite the conditions, despite um, who you're playing against, that um, you still got to try and challenge the opposition, and we didn't quite do that in the way that we play footy. Um, we're just a bit too predictable, and uh, you know, if you look at the game last week, we managed to change lanes and get it out to space, and it worked for us. So, I mean, it's two different games last week to the week before too. Collingwood don't allow that. The pressure around the ball is really good. So, look, you know, for us. You know, we're coming across what Benucci, Lambert, Malloy, Davy. It's pretty elite midfield. Yep. Uh, so you know, it's just an exciting opportunity for our young girls to to grow and get us a bit of a step closer to where they need to be. Yeah, great. Hey, Pete. Phoebe. Um, just to, uh, about that leadership you said Mackie will bring, and then the rest of the squad being virtually under 19s. Who are some of the young emerging leaders in your group? Yeah, that's a good question, isn't it? Um, Look, we've got some good, good um, quality people. Uh, probably about the age of twenty-six to, to thirty. Um, you know, Kat Phillips is in that group. Uh, you know, she's had obviously three years at Melbourne. Uh, probably under the best leaders in the competition. So, um, you know, her, her leadership's been outstanding. Um, it's been a good opportunity for her to, to step up and, and grow and, and own that space. So, she's been pretty exciting. Uh, to watch her. Uh, Tilly Lucas Rod, uh, she's, you know, leadership both on and off the field. Um, you know, the way she talks on the field, the girls love playing with her. She, you know, she's instructional. I think she, uh, she's been pivotal to our defence. Um, you know, and, you know, how she goes today is gonna, gonna be quite, uh, crucial for us too, because, you know, her and Mal Kai's, et cetera, they, um, you know, they change the lanes and, uh, that's pretty important for us. Uh, you must be thrilled for Olivia Vesely being acknowledged during the week with the Debbie Lee Medal uh, for the outstanding year that she's had. In fact, uh, averaging third highest on your disposal average for the year at 17.6. Yeah, look, Liv's come along this year. Um, you know, she's she's figuring out what it looks like to, to work hard and um, take care of your body and so forth. You know, we've had to transition that a fair bit and, and educate her in that space. But it's a really good reward for, for her hard work. Um, 
she's an exceptional talent. Some of the stuff that she can do below her knees is, is pretty important. But, you know, I, I think you said she's, what, number three for us. It's not so much how much she gets. I mean, obviously, we'd like her to get a little bit more, but it's what she does um, when she gets it. Like, if she gets 10, it's a really good 10. If she gets 17, it's generally a really good 17. So, um, you know, we've, we've spoken about the quality of her ball use and, and how she sets us up as, as being pretty important. Um, Pete, you're talking about surging forward with Emma Mackey. Is that going to be the plan if it starts raining? And how are you going to help your tall forwards um, score goals when it is... Um, They've still got to catch the ball, Pete. No, I actually think tall's, um, if not, become more important in the wet because, you know, they straighten you out and, and enable your smalls to get to work. So, um, you know, it doesn't matter whether it rains or hails or shine, I guess. But, um, you know... We had the game against you guys up at uh, Box Hill. It was pretty ordinary that day, and I think our tools uh, got on top of you. So uh, I'll back them in regardless of the conditions. Uh, Peter, one last question before we let you go. Obviously, the game that was played two weeks ago to last week, very different games. The low-scoring grind out versus the open, free-flowing game. How much from your time at Port Melbourne, when you're an assistant coach here for two years, do you think that gives you an advantage of coaching to the conditions of this ground? Yeah, I, I probably think that's uh, probably taking it a step further than where it needs to go. I mean, you know, we coach here with, with Port Melbourne, you're coaching a completely different side. Um, so, you know, our, our game plan is based around our, our girls, uh, you know, and you know, we think we've got a game plan that suits a variety of different people because that's what we've got in our team. We've got tools, we've got smalls, we've got pace, um, you know, so it's not just black and white, but, you know, we didn't play the way we wanted to play two weeks ago. That's not, it's not the gut, that's not the footy we want to play. Um, we want to play the way we did last week, but, um, you know, as I said before, Collingwood, you know, the pressure around the ball doesn't quite enable that as much as it should, but, you know, I think we had a, like, I think Clara took 11 marks in defence and didn't look to change angles at once. So, um, you know, it's just about belief and, um, you know, today we're going to have to take a few risks to get reward. Well, Peter, thank you very much for joining us on the pre-game show and we wish you all the very best today against the Pies here in the preliminary final. That's Peter Sell there, the coach of the Southern Saints, joining us here on the uh, pre-game show and uh, just reminding some of the Hawthorne players in our <laughs> muscle of what happened. A bit cheeky. Now, now, if she fell off the edge, I'm not calling anything. I'm not saying that you did anything. It's just like saying, you know, there's just a little bit of aggro in the commentary box here just for a moment. No, I like Pete. Yeah. Um, she was our state coach um, quite some time ago, but, yeah, we've got a good relationship with her, so that was a bit cheeky. <laughs> we look forward to catching up shortly with uh, Penny Killer-Reed, the uh, coach of the uh, Collingwood Magpies. But as you were talking about Mackie, you know, being back in the side, 15.6 disposals, how important that she's going to be. And it's actually amazing when you look at it. She's only played the four games for the year. Yeah, she's pretty, she's really, really influential when she is on the ground. Um, you know, I was, I was only just speaking to one of um, my Hawthorne teammates the other day saying, you know, we obviously missed her this year um, playing in the brown and gold. You know, she just has the ability to, to you know, you sort of call it put your head in the trough and just go hard and go hard for the ball and make something happen. Um, you know, so I was actually, you know, surprised that she didn't play two weeks ago. Obviously, you know, we now know it's because mm. of illness and, and I think it was a, actually a, a big impact um, for that team to be able to um, get the result that they wanted and they didn't get. So, yeah, it's really nice to see her back out there. She does, as I said, have a really strong influence around the, the ball, around the coalface and I think she's going to play a big part today in, in the result.
Uh, dare I say, when we were calling the Southern Saints uh, versus Hawthorne uh, back at Trevor Barker Beach Oval, we called that game. We were having the pre-game chat with uh, Peter Searle, and she was talking about that stage going, oh, I don't have a traditional captain role. And she and she talked about that, and then we posed the question to her, go, it's funny you say that, because you took Hawthorne's two captains. <laughs> <laughs> in both Emma and in Belkai's. Yeah. Well, I've... I only played with Emma last year, and I just, um, I mean, she'd admit she's not the prettiest footballer she's, you've ever seen, but she seems to pop up at very important times, and I remember on multiple occasions last year, she'd kick a goal when none of us forwards could, and, and it really changed the momentum of the game, so she's just vital, and especially her leadership out there, and I think that's why they recruited her to St Kilda, because... Yeah, she's just a, an inspiring leader. Uh, talking about players being recruited, and of course you played with her at the St Kilda Sharks and Tilly Lucas Rod. I had to admit it was a head-scratching uh, situation when Carlton delisted her, and I thought, what are they doing here? Yeah. The Saints have picked her up, and she's answered in the best possible way. That she's racking up 19.2 touches per game coming out of the back pocket. Yeah, she um, oh, she's she's uh, improved really, really a lot this year. And um, just watching her um, on the field, she's she's like what Pete said. She's directing the back line. She's setting up their play. She's a bit like Jade Van Dyke for the Hawks. She's um, like she said, changing lanes and and being that leader down the back. So um, that's really great for Tilly. And, and she'd be a good pick-up for them. Yeah, I think oh, just on Tilly, I think it's really important to note that, you know, she's probably uh, been identified and, and a belief's been um, shown in her by her coach at, at St Kilda now to play in a particular role that, that suits her um, her qualities. So I'm not surprised that she's, um, you know, being able to, to do the things that she's been doing over the last, you know, or the last season, really. Um, you know, so it's, that's really, really great for her that she's actually now fi- found a role for herself and she's, you know, really bought into the St Kilda system and, and it's paying her off in dividends. I ask one player of the Southern Saints if it's wise to play her because, and it's a bit like with the Bree Davies scenario for Collingwood, and that's Kate McCarthy for the Southern Saints. You you saw that game against Collingwood a couple of weeks ago when she originally injured her shoulder, went back on, it was impacted again, they had to tape it up, had to get the injection to play last week. A, is it wise, particularly how close the end of this season is to pre-season for AFLW? And B, does it affect her confidence? Because her, her disposal at the moment are at 5.3 on average. And if you look at the impact that she's having on games, yes, she kicked that goal, but it hasn't been the explosive Kate McCarthy we've seen at AFLW level for the Lions. Do you go, let's just put her away here because we kind of risk doing some damage to her confidence? Yeah, look, I I was quite surprised that she did come back on after she injured her shoulder a couple of weeks ago, but... um you know, I guess what they're trying to build here, you know, that they haven't actually played an AFLW season yet. So, you know, I would imagine what they're trying to build, you know, in this system here at, at the Southern Saints is to create something that they're actually working towards. So, um, yeah, look, it is a bit of a risk, but you are working towards something, building momentum, uh, building, you know, team cohesion. And look, essentially, her one of her biggest strengths is her speed. So get her on the outside where she doesn't actually get hit on the shoulder. I think that's where I would think that the Southern Saints are going to be looking to use her. Joining us now on the pre-game show, of course, is the head coach of the Collingwood AFLW... Uh, I was going to say AFLW side. Yeah, I've just promoted you. There, there you go. Sorry, Stephen, you've just been given the... No, she's the head coach of the VFLW side. who of course, played AFLW for them and, of course, uh, formerly of the St Kilda Sharks. Well, say formerly, you're still playing Division 2 football. It's great to have Penny Kula-Reed here with us. And, uh, Penny... Um, Different conditions to last week where it was a bit sunny. Now the rain's starting to come down. This is going to make it tight and interesting today. 
not as interesting as it was in the first round that we played them. <laughs> yeah, it's in very windy conditions. How do you expect the game to go today? Do you think it's going to be a repeat of two weeks ago at Victoria Park? Low scoring, grinded out. Uh, yeah, I mean, both teams are really strong inside. Um, and really important for both teams when they get it forward is to capitalise in the opportunities. Um, but, yeah, I mean, same conditions as it was in the first week of the final. So hopefully it's a little bit higher scoring. Um, but other than that, it's going to be a tough contest. Can you tell us some changes you made to the side? So uh, in comes Brianna Davey. Um, she was rostered to play last week but just couldn't get her body right. Gave her that extra week knowing we had a second chance, so she comes into the team. We've also got... Uh, uh, Emily Bliss, who's a strong, solid backline player, who we sort of missed last week. We sort of she's very consistent all year. Um, in comes Morgan Doldy as well into the forward line, so just a little bit more of a, a dashing forward line. Wanted to open it up and create a little bit more space. Uh, hi, Fe- oh, not Phoebe. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> How are you, Penny? Hello. Hey. Um, now, Pen, I'm just wondering, you know, what are some of the lessons that you did learn? Obviously, you guys came out on top two weeks ago at Vic Park. Um, Similar-ish conditions with the wind coming across, but obviously same opposition. What are some things you learnt from playing against them two weeks ago, and um, what are some things we might, you know, some differences we might see today? Yeah, so we played um, like a volleyball type of game last last time we played them, and I think they played that as well. And that's the sort of style that they have been playing. Um, we sort of lost our way in terms of the way that we wanted to play. So the past two weeks, we've really tried to work on our style of football and um, really utilise and capitalise on our strengths of the team, uh, making sure we work hard on the inside, get it to the outside and use our legs on the outside. So hopefully today, hope the weather goes well, but um, yeah, we're looking at playing our style of footy. And what, what are some of the, the opposition, some of the Saints uh, players that you're mindful of in terms of the influence that they can have on the game? Yeah, so Tilly Lucas-Rod sort of uh, held up the back line really well last week, so we keep an eye on her. Same with Mal Kais and um, Guthridge, both from the Collingwood Football Club from last year so they sort of know our, our style so we'll keep an eye on them. Also Cat Phillips running through that midfield, um, key driver from their from their outlay but also Grise, you can't, can't keep an eye on her so um, key matchup for Stacey Livingston who did the job on her two weeks ago, hopefully she can do it again this week. Yeah I was just going to talk about um, the two tall forwards Peter Searle said um, that the wet weather won't affect their games um, she was talking them up. What's your plan for those two talls? Uh, we got key matchups for them and um, we got backup plans if, if they sort of get off the hook but I think it's really important that um, our backline take that challenge and really important individually that they embrace that challenge. Um, a lot of these girls, well Stacey especially, coming off an AFLW season wanting to put another stride in a, in a step but also we've got two young girls that are going to sort of look after the, the taller players that they're really wanting to um, chop out for AFLW so great challenge for them to, on the biggest stage possibly can, to put their name up. Jamie Lambert, is she a bit filthy? She didn't come away with the Lambert Pierce medal. Uh, it was surprised a lot of us on uh, Monday, just following the nine votes. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, Jamie's very quiet and she's yeah. very humble. And if she won it, she would have taken it a stride. But she's also more focused on playing in a premiership, and um, she's very keen on making sure that happens. So she's doing all that she can to make sure that she gets herself right and the team right for for the game today. And hopefully, looking forward to next week. But a little bit filthy. It, it was, yeah. you know, the Lambert Pierce medal, so it was yeah. good that a Pierce won it. Um. <laughs> would have been good if it was a joint. Yeah. That would have been crazy. Lambert Pierce was Lambert Pierce. Yeah. There you go. Um, I want to ask about the conditions of, of Northport over that you play here today. 
from a coaching perspective, how much does it change the structure compared to when you're playing at a more open ground like Victoria Park, if you play at Boxall City Oval, wherever, compared to playing a very tight, small ground here like Northport? Yeah, well, the conditions um, are sort of on and off in terms of the wind. It doesn't really have a distinct way of going. So uh, we want to try and utilise the wind when it's there and make sure we try and defend as hard as possible, which is I, I know exactly what Peter Sell will be thinking as, as we all do as coaches if, if one sort of coach gets off uh, one sort of uh, team gets off the hook in terms of the scoring opportunities and it's just making sure that we adapt to the situation and have the players in place for that. Uh, Penn, I'm just wondering, we've got uh, Soph Alexander that's come in uh, for the game today. What sort of role are we looking at her playing today? Yeah, so Soph um, is coming off an injury as well, so we wanted to make sure that she had every opportunity to get herself right. Um, playing as a lead-up forward, which is something that we've sort of lacked the last couple of weeks, so really important for her to get up the ground. Um, we know how good she is and how dangerous she is with the footy um, wanting to use her drive, her, her footy smarts, and, and just making sure she can clunk some of those leads coming up forward. Well, Penny, thank you very much for joining us here on the pre-game show. Stay dry if you can, because it looks like the rain's about to come down. And all the very best you take on the Southern Saints for a spot in the grand final. It was a pleasure, guys. Thank you. That's Penny Killeray, the VFLW head coach of the Collingwood Magpies, joining us out here. And as we speak to, as you can see, the windy conditions with the both banners coming out on the ground. And it's been great to see, by the way, that yeah. the cheer squads of all these clubs have gotten behind them over the last few weeks, not only putting out the banners, but like we saw at Victoria Park a couple of weeks ago, both the Collingwood and St Kilda Cheers squad's coming out to show the support. Yeah, we uh, a few weeks ago we saw the uh, the St Kilda cheer squad, you know, turn up and, and set themselves up behind the, you know, in the in the grandstand at the traditional Collingwood cheer squad end, and they were sent packing to the other end of the ground. So they've staked their claim to the you know I'll probably call it the leftist screen. Uh, you know, so they're down there with their flags ready to go. Um, and yeah, it's really great to see both both clubs cheer squads get behind their team, and you know, it's something that we want to see moving into the future more and more of these women's football teams um, get their own cheer squads and, and it makes it a really, really great club feel. And of course we'll bring uh, Paul Sebastian into the conversation she's come up to the box. Let's talk about the Lambert Pierce uh, medal night. Olivia Vesley been having that great season. She got given the Debbie Lee medal. Jamie Lambert by a long mile winning of course the uh, Rowena Young medal for the uh, leading goal kicker. Uh, Lauren Pierce from Darabin Falcons taking home the medal. Now dare I say it, as much as I did tip Jamie Lambert, I said if it's anyone that was going to beat Jamie Lambert I said it was going to be Lauren Pierce, A, for the amount of games that she played, that she plays in the ruck, so she's going to see a lot of the ball. I thought in that scenario that, okay, if Lauren Pierce wins it, it'd be in a very tight race with Jamie Lambert, and only because Jamie might lose a couple of three voters as two or one voters, because Britt Benici might still a vote here or there. But to win it by the margin that she did against, um, against Jamie Lambert by seven votes, and a few surprises in there. Hello, Cecilia McIntosh with the run. Yeah, go the oldies, yeah. I say. Um, yeah, it's really, really great to see C, uh, you know, up there in the leaderboard. Um, you know, and obviously with Lauren Pierce, you know, I think she's a, a really uh, well-deserved winner. Um, yeah. You know, she has such an impact on, on games when she's when she's playing, and you know, as you said, she played pretty much every game. Um, I wouldn't have seen many of their players take votes off her, you know, given her, her yeah. dominance, and pr- probably I'd say also. You know, the depth that they've got now at, at Darabin. So, yeah, well-deserved winner. And, um, yeah, it was great to see her get that. Yeah, it was a really good night. Um, we had a, a fun table. Didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it does really depend on how many games these players are playing because um, so many girls are rested and, 
and uh, a limited number, limited to the number of games they're allowed to play. So, um, yeah, really happy for Lauren. Uh, Phoebe's just paused for a moment because both sides uh, <laughs> haven't got the full strength cheer squad in numbers, and with the windy conditions, both are struggling to actually get their banners up. Yeah, we've got a little bit of an omen watch going yeah, on here. This is um, like the grand final last year. This is <laughs> <laughs> a bit of an omen watch. We don't want any of these, uh, the, any of these banners to fall apart with the wind. So I'm watching this very, very carefully. Um, yeah, the Collingwood Cheer Squad's just holding this one together nice, nicely, and the St Kilda one's gone back down again. So. And Paul, of course, again touching on the Lambert Pierce medal. As we said, Jamie Lambert taking home the Rowena Young medal. That means the last couple of years it hasn't been a traditional key forward winning the role. We saw um, Darcy Vessio, as much as she's a key forward, she's really a forward pocket type player rather than your, uh, you know, your six foot tall standing in the goal square type forward. And Jamie Lambert, which is a midfielder that's been pushed forward winning this uh, over the last couple of years, rather than in the past for an example, a Moana Hope, of course, or hello, a Meg Hutchins standing there in the, in the goal square. It, it, it's a very different type of, of forward that we're seeing with the medal. Yeah, I, you look at players like Vesho and, and Lambert as well. I think when they go up forward, they've just got a talent and class edge on yeah. their opponents as well. Yeah. Um, and I think as as the competition progresses, I think we'll start to see that key forward position become um, a lot more influential. Um, but I just think moving those midfielders up forward as well, and you see it happen with Brianna Davy. I know um, when, obviously when she was when she was at the enemy now at Carlton, um, they moved her up forward um, against Geelong in her first game back from her knee reco, and she kicked four goals. And if if you've got players with such a talent and class edge over opposition, moving them up forward, they're always going to have an impact, and that's what we've seen with the likes of, of Vesho and Lambert, Peter. Absolutely, and uh, it'll be interesting to see if they keep that going, because the one thing we've been talking about with the Pies, at least at AFLW levels, they come out on the ground now, led, led out by Grace Bucket, and the banner just flapping around. Has not an official tear, but we're almost close to it. Um... Collingwood and AFLW level have struggled when it comes to forwards. A, the first one or two years, there was a lot of forwards, and it was just like, who was going to stand up and find the space? And then, obviously, when everyone went to their separate clubs, GWS and North Melbourne, and everyone split, then all of a sudden, they're struggling for forwards. So, it's a question of, when it comes to AFLW level, are you going to keep Jamie Lambert there? Are you going to put her in a natural space on the forward line? How are you going to solve the, the, the complex forward issue for the Collingwood Football Club? Yeah, I think, I mean, what we've probably seen at VFLW level, they're trying to find what is going to work for them, yeah. potentially at AFLW level. Yeah. So, um, you know, having played with, with Jamie Lambert at Eastern Devils, you know, she's incredibly dangerous around the goals, always has been and always will be. So I think going forward, what you will see is that, you know, she'll play a lot of her, um, her game in the midfield, but instead of, you know, a bench rotation, she'll rotate forward and, and wreak havoc down there. And of course, if anyone is struggling for a key forward, we, we do mention there is a woman by the name of Sarah Perkins that is out there and available. <laughs> That's she true. She'll be putting her hand up for the draft, I believe. So, um, yeah, she's great. Played, I've played alongside her two, two years now and, and yeah, she's got some, she's got one of the best kicking actions I've ever seen. Shots on goal. Um, really strong mark too. She finished this season really well, so hopefully she finds a new home. Is it also difficult to get a gauge on how the forward structure works when there's at least two more players in that 50 arc? Because, and again, this goes into, and it almost hooks, as the Southern Saints come out on the ground, it almost hooks onto the issue that we'll talk about very shortly about how the AFLW will look like. 
in the VFLW, we're playing with 18 aside compared to 16 aside in AFLW, where normally you'd only have five and five in the forward line. You've got six and six. Can you get a read on that when it's a more crowded forward line compared to the AFLW when it's, in theory, supposed to be more open? Yeah, I think probably, you know, if you can get the ball in there nice and quick, it, mm. the, the space is there as it would be probably in an AFLW side of things. So, um, you know, I think hence why I sort of suggested that a Jamie Lambert may well be used in yeah. the forward line at AFLW level is that the more space, the better for her. Isolate her with a defender, um, you know... You have that defender twitching in their boots. So, um, look, it is a little bit, little bit different with an extra, extra two people down there for space. But um, you know, the I think we'll, what we try and see with a lot of these teams is that they, when they get their, they get the ball up around the fifty, it's a roll and go type situation. They get the ball in there nice and quick to to use the space that's down there. I find with the the two less players um, playing as a, a key position forward, you have to move up a ground a lot, um, and then you can get caught out of position, and it ends up being this out the back sort of type footy. So I much prefer the the eighteen side that we play at VFL because it gives you a bit more structure and the ability to be more dangerous inside fifty rather than needing to push up and back from the, from the fifty defensive fifty. Well, since we're talking about forwards, let's talk one for the moment and we can bring Lucy into this because of uh, a tweet and the reaction uh, during the week. Obviously, the Taylor Harris statue was unveiled at Federation Square and which you pointed out, and I'll let you go into detail about, first of all, with your initial tweet, was it's more about than just Taylor Harris, the player. Yeah. And even the statue doesn't have her name on it or anything, which is what I tweeted. It just has more than a kick, and that's what it's for. And then I was coming over to my friend's house last night, and there was a massive billboard about it that was like, this is progress or something along the lines of that. And I just think the message was lost in all of it, and I think predictably so, which all with the reaction that the AFLW gets and all that sort of stuff. But some of the stuff that I copped on my tweet was just pretty vile and I didn't understand how it just went down that that, yeah just how it just went down that road but I think it's great and I think it is something for a moment in time that was really really important for women's sport and the AFLW so yeah I'm I'm totally behind it but also not surprised by the reaction that it got absolutely disgusting reaction by some of the things sent to you and uh, I hope that Twitter comes down harder than just uh, deleting the post routine that uh, they start uh, some bannings and we'll maybe talk a little bit more about that in the post game but what's going to happen is the science are about to line up for a minute silence for Danny Frawley obviously a minute silence doesn't quite work well on radio so we'll take an opportunity to take a break while the minute silence occurs and we'll return on the other side of this. You're listening to RSN Carnival 2, the VFLW preliminary final. The Breakfast Club's Inner Sanctum. Hey, good morning, Vons. Morning, huh? Taking you inside the club's shipping finals footing. I think inside, within sort of all of us, there's definitely a different, just a different feel. And everyone's sort of quick to jump on, you know, that's finals. You want to embrace that sort of feeling. You know, it's been a couple of years for us from being in this position, so it's, it's definitely good to be back and planning for it. Take the journey to the 2019 Premiership in the Breakfast Club's Inner Sanctum. Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday on RSM 927's Breakfast Club. WorkSafe's advisory service is now open longer. To report an incident or ask advice, call 1-800-136-089, 7.30am till 6.30pm, Monday to Friday. Spring is when country racing really gets going. And right now you can save $10 on every general admission ticket with our early bird offer. A saving of $10, the early bird really does get the worm. Go with your friends or go with your family. But go now to get your GA tickets for $10 off before they all... Go, go, go! Feel the same. 
Classic.com forward slash spring to save $10 on a day that's got it all. You're okay. Just did it because he likes you. Don't try like a girl, mate. Violence against women starts with disrespect. The excuses we make allow it to grow. Violence against women. Let's stop it at the start. When it's time to grow your small business, a loan from On Deck can get you on your way. On Deck Group are the small business loan specialists with over 10 billion US dollars already lent to 80,000 small businesses globally. On Deck say yes to small business. The application can be completed in minutes, approved in hours, and you could have the funds in your account as early as the next business day. So if it's time to grow your small business, apply now at On Deck. All loans are subject to lender approval. RSN Carnival 2. RSN Carnival 2 Digital Radio throughout Melbourne, WARFradio.com and the VFL app. This is the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Match of the Day. Peter Holden, Lucy Watkin, Phoebe McWilliams, Meg Hutchins and Paul Sebastiani with you. We might just get a quick check on conditions with uh, Paul Sebastiani as the uh, weather starts to turn a little bit here at Northport Oval. Paul, how's things looking like? Get this mic on, that might help. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wind obviously has picked up in the last sort of couple of minutes. I think it's sort of a three to four goal breeze going towards that Williamstown Road end of the ground as well. So um, crowds starting to build, which is which is really good. Obviously, we've got the VFL game after, but uh, the all important game here, VFLW between Collingwood and the Southern Saints. It's uh, probably got. I reckon we might have nearly probably about five hundred in. I reckon. Which is excellent, considering, remember, there's no Collingwood or St. side afterwards. It is a uh, Wimstown-Essendon game in the men's. Yeah, so um, as we said as well, um, probably a three to four goal breeze going towards this uh, Williamstown road into the ground, and uh, the atmosphere is bubbling away. Let's start to get some predictions as we go around the panel. Since we got you there, Paul, who is going to win today and by how much? Uh, Collingwood by three goals. Let's go to Lucy Watkin. Saints by three goals. Let's go to Mick Hutchins. I think uh, Collingwood by... 10 points. And with Phoebe McWilliams. I think Collingwood by 23. And I think when you've got one Bree Davy back in the side, that's Collingwood by about four goals for me. I think that's going to create the damage. We're about ready to get underway here for the first quarter of the preliminary final. To lead us off, here is your lead caller in Lucy Watkin. So... Wind, very strong wind heading towards the Williamtown's end, as Paul Sebastiani said. Umpires just checking for starting positions. It's a siren sounds, and we'll get underway here in the preliminary final. Who's going to go through to meet the dogs at Icon Park next week? Leighton got the tap down, but only the way of Mackie of the Saints. Handballs to Phillips, who turns. Got the handball just up the centre of the ground. No one in particular. Benici slipped at the vital second, and the handball goes through to Callie of the Saints. She got a handball through at the last moment. They tackled up. Handball in the air in dispute just at half centre half forward, kick going forward was won by Vesely in the sheer law direction, no mark taken, got it on the bounce, was pulled off the ball and the umpire's going to say, free kick so big chance here for sheer law to kick the first goal of the game about 20 metres out from goal, almost directly in front she just goes through her routine ball coming up, she's on the approach a little bit of a skip in the step as she gets the ball on its way straight through the middle and Kate Sheilor has the Saints first first score of the game and the Saints lead by one goal. Experts, Meg Hutchins? 
Yeah, it's a little bit of a physical start there. Unfortunate for Britt Benici to lose her footing there. She was uh, right behind the ball when it, as it came in. But, you know, we sort of see the ball get surged in there. Um, pressure gets immediately put on the defenders and um, unfortunately gave away for a kick for too high. There'll be nothing more, uh, better for Kate Sheila's confidence than to kick a goal in the first minute of the game. So she'll be up and about, you'd, you'd suggest. And reading the conditions well with the breeze blowing around as the umpire gets play underway again. It was one by Kelly, but taken away by Lightning. Just goes boot along and towards the forward line looking in the Chloe Molloy direction gets onto the end of it, not wearing the long sleeves today going with the short sleeves, goes back in to try and tackle Dutchie Kais, she hit the ground hard everyone jumps in on her and the umpire is going to call for a ball up 50 metres out from the Collingwood goal also involved in the contest, Caitlin Bunker umpire looks for the nominating rucks and on this occasion, it's going to be Safi Alexander up against Poppy Kelly. Kelly brought it down. Lambert went to go in for the tackle, but the hand pass came out. Go to see of Mackey. And this is going to set play up through Phillips. Going up towards the wing broadcast side. Intercepted by Nicole Hales. Hales on the right boot. Going towards the half-forward flank. It's Bree Davey. Great to have you back. Bree Davey's got the mark. She's about 70 metres out from goal. Looking towards the hot spot at 35 metres out from goal. Bit of pushing and shoving going on. Mark taken and dropped there by Clara Fitzpatrick. Had to get a hand pass going across to Phillips. Phillips immediately run down. In goes Sheila. She's caught by Fowler. Ball hit the deck. Brittany Benici tries to get through heavy traffic. She's caught by Sheila. Ball hits the deck. Does it come out? The umpire circling says no, they're hatching it and will call for a ball up. Southern Saints' uh, use of handball out of those stoppages is going to be really, really crucial, those backwards handballs. So Leighton takes the ball out of the ruck again, got a handball to Davey. Davey to Benici. Benici just gets it inside 50 quickly. All wrapped up, though, just at uh, left half forward there for the Saints. So we'll have another ball up. About 48 metres from the Collingwood goal. Saints lead one straight to nothing as Kelly won the tap over her head towards Shannon and she got a kick away but only towards the boundary so we'll have a throw in. Interesting that the umpire's not really looking at, well on that last stoppage not looking for density <laughs> oh, So Benici she gets it in for last touch out of bounds, S- sorry so taken away by Brown Brown got a handball to centre half back to Phillips, she couldn't get clean possession as Molly McDonald gets the crumbs and she's wrapped up just inside the centre square still in the attacking half of the ground of Collingwood Going in again will be Leighton and Kelly. Kelly jumps early, but Leighton just got the tap away the way of Benici into the hands of Curling. And we'll have another ball up about five metres from the other position. And we've gone four minutes into this opening term. Saints lead by a goal here in the preliminary final. The winner meets the Bulldogs next week. Umpire says you jumped too early and into Shani Leighton. And Shani Layton will have the resulting free kick and ends up giving away a hand pass to Jamie Lambert who goes inside 50 and it's going to be maybe an easy rebound here for O'Neill who's trying to get the hand pass away. Tilly Lucas-Rod tried to run onto the football in went Chloe Malloy. She can't extract it. Over the top of it. Got a little nudge. Umpire said play on. It went out to Lambert. He's playing it high half forward. Now kicks around the corner towards the pocket. Chasing after the football there. Dutchie Kais is one of the footballers and she'll see it over the boundary line and out of bounds in front of the social rooms. Let's get some thoughts from Phoebe McWilliams. Yeah, I was just thinking that um, Collingwood haven't had any um, marks inside 50 so uh, they'll need to shift the ball more and get it in a bit quicker because um, yeah, St Kilda's setting up. As the ball is thrown back into play, Alexander doing the ruck work, Benici slapped it around, moved sideways Lambert again doing the roving work, tried to hand pass in front of herself, Phillips going with her, Lambert up against the boundary line, Phillips sends her over and almost into the people with the umbrellas and will call for a ball in 45 metres out from the Collingwood goal, just near the scoreboard which shows the Saints up by a goal.
So umpire just throwing it in in that right forward pocket in front of the social rooms. Over the heads of both the rucks, but slapped forward by Casey. Inside 50 for the Collingwood. Casey got the second effort, went towards the hot spot, into the hands of Lee. Lee turns, snaps, goals. So it's all even now here at Adcon Stadium or Northport Oval as both teams now one goal straight each about six minutes into this first term. There's no real method there in in terms of the the entry inside 50, but, you know, they're getting it in there. I can see that the Pies are just trying to get in there as quick as possible um, to, as I said earlier, you know, wreak a bit of havoc and put pressure on those opposition defenders. So, you know, the ball came in there, a bit of a grubber ball, but um, with that comes unpredictability of what the ball's going to do as well. So that would have put uh, the the Saints defenders under a heap of pressure um, and, unsurprisingly, a goal resulted. Umpire with the ball back in the middle of the ground. It's all tied up at one straight six apiece. Nearing seven minutes into this first term. Kelly versus Leighton. Kelly won it down, got the football back, went with a hand pass. Interesting two-handed tap to try and put it in the direction of Phillips, who immediately got caught. And the umpire said she threw the football as she went to ground. And a free kick going the way there of the Pies in Gemma Lagoya. Lagoya works it sideways towards the wing on the Dockland side of the ground. And Shefflin out there is holding the football up. Now gets on the left boot, coming back in board to Leighton. Shani Layton with the footy. Bucking calling for it on the other side of the wing. Feigned the hand pass to Britt Benici. Then went with a long booming kick inside 50. Ooh. Backing back to take the mark is the 23rd player in Nicola Zenos. Nearly crashed into her teammate on the way through. Zenos hesitant. Now likes to go to the pocket. Too much of a chip kick. And easily coming in there is Jones to hold up the Collingwood footballer. And the umpire comes in to call for a ball up. Mick Hutchins. And oh. Phoebe as well. <laughs> I was just going to say what a gutsy mark that was, running back with a flight. Well done. Umpire resets play again. Kelly just slaps the football around. Zenos goes in there, gets the quick hand pass out, looking for Alexander. Went through her hands. Phillips went to ground without the football. Plions the call. Still at the half-forward flank here for the Pies. Benici chasing after it. Can't quite pick it up. In goes Jamie Lambert, ragdoll style, all over the top of her like a cheap suit of sedentary. And the umpire once again is going to call for a ball up. Meg? I was just saying that the Pies switched lanes really well then um, and, and shifted the, the Saints' defence. So Leighton, Kelly just at half four for the Pies. Leighton, one and own tap down, couldn't get possession, but keeps it in front of her. Keeps it up about 40 metres from goal. Handball, though, was chopped off by Kelly, and Kelly goes along up the line looking for Griser and Livingston, who tussled just in the broadcast side of the wing. Getting it now is Bucken, who goes to get the handball, but turns, kicks it up the line and out of bounds on the full. So centre wing now on the broadcast side, going the way of Courtney Jones, the free kick. She's got plenty of leads coming up the line towards her. No one inside 54, the Saints, at the moment. So Jones, she goes along towards half forward. Mackie flew, and she, they said he, she was held, so we'll have a free kick. About 60 metres from goal for the Saints. Mackie puts it inside 50 for McCarthy. Great jump and mark from McCarthy there. Doesn't look like her shoulder's too sore at the moment. She goes short again to the pocket. Ooh, but it's going to come back. So you can really hear the wind and feel it even up here in the grandstand heading towards the Williamstown end of Northport Oval. Not sure what she's done to her shoulder, but that really would have tested it out. She must have had another injection just (laughs) before the game. As McCarthy, she's going to have a shot. She's going to be kicking from 49 
out. The kick isn't bad. It's going to go to the square. Gets into the path of Callie. She couldn't get a kick away. And now it's going to be run over by Erica Fowler. So first behind for the Saints, who lead 1-1-7 to one straight six. Nine minutes gone in the first quarter. As we wait for the ball to come back into play, going to be brought back in by Stacey Livingston. Going to go for a run. Pump it long out of the fence, looking for Alexander. Standing one, two, three, bites the cherry, pulls it in. Sophie Alexander now swings around, goes up the wing on the broadcast side, was trying to find Caitlin Lee, came off her hands. Sophie Casey feeds the hand pass out. They're trying to work it to Malloy, but they can't get it anywhere near as Dutchie Kai's cut it off. Then going through there was the G train and Greiser trying to get a hand pass going. Hand pass over the top by Vesely. Picked up by Zenos. Zenos had to get around Kais. Kick partially smothered. Vesely at her feet. Alexander had a kick covered again by Vesely. Trying to slap it around there. The player with a headband and Drennan got it across quickly to Hannah Stewart. Stewart looking for Kate Shearlaw. Couldn't hang on to it. Shearlaw again. Maybe high on the way down. Play on the call. 45 metres out from goal. Going in there is Sedenry. She locks it all up. And the umpire blows the whistle and calls for a ball up. We're 45 metres out from the Saints goal. Let's get some thoughts from Phoebe McWilliams. Oh, it's a hot footy, isn't it? I wouldn't want to be touching it. You're getting tackled straight away. Umpire throws it up. Ball hit the ground. Here comes Vesely. Founts in space. Got brought down the tackle. She tried to get a kick away. One bounce. Will it come back? It won't. Minus score. 1-2-8. The Saints. Collingwood. One straight. Six. Meg Hutchins. Yeah, it's interesting. You're seeing uh, the G train. Uh, Caitlin Greiser coming up the field a little bit. That's what was lacking uh, last time they met. You know, coming up towards the wing and actually presenting. Uh, yeah, it's been really, really beneficial for the team. Livingston plays on from the kick out. Was looking for Shevlin just at half back. Shevlin couldn't take the mark but keeps it in front of her by kicking it along the ground. Kicks it twice and now we're at half forward but it's picked off by the Saints. Kais, she got the ball. Was absolutely poleaxed by Zenos and they hold it up Collingwood but now Callie, she got the quick kick away. Leighton was reaching for the ball. Couldn't take the mark. Ends up in the hands of Sedgenry who turns and kicks inside 50. Looking for the G train. First mark for Caitlin Greiser. She's 48 out, but she's not going to have a shot. She's going to go towards Sheila, but it's on target, and it's a goal. She kicked it from outside 50, Caitlin Greiser. She hit four last week, and she's got her first in the preliminary final. The Saints lead Collingwood 2-2-14 to one straight six Lucy, in 11 and a half minutes. Lucy, I was going to say when you said I don't think she's yeah. going to have a shot, I was thinking as soon as she marked that, just a smidgen inside 50, there was no other place she was going to go apart from the goal. So great use of the win. She's got a great leg, um, probably kicks it one of the best kicks in, in the competition in, in regards to distance and accuracy so yeah wheel around and, and put it in deep and um, the result was there she tricked me because she was looking at Kate Shearlaw but then she just gave it a roost that's what all good forwards do is they, they trick you into thinking that they're going to pass it off but Phoebe never does it umpire throws the ball up in the middle of the ground Leighton versus Watt Leighton tries to go in for the football fighting hard for it Davey overran the pill Lambert comes through draws the player goes to the hand pass looking for Curly. the Irishman picks up the football now goes for a run has to try and take on Cat Phillips goes with a little chip kick going towards the half forward flank trying to get to it as the player there in Lagoya who sees it over the boundary line and out of bounds because she tapped it that means it is a throw in not a last disposal rule We'll have it about 60 metres out from the Collingwood goal. They're going to the Balti Bridge end, left of your radio dial. Back into play. Front posse there by Rhiannon Watt. Coming out there. Mackie gets the kick going forward. It's a dribbler. Livingston comes out, punches the football forward. Sees it over the boundary line and out of bounds. And uh, Greiser being a little bit cheeky there, just asking deliberate. Uh, no. <laughs> 
No, that's the, that's Emma Mackey, you know, just gets it forward, territory game, just get it on the boot. So a centre wing on the broadcast side, umpire throws it in, Watt and Leighton. Leighton tried to take it out but dropped it, went to the feet of Lambert. Lambert now is all tackled for a hold up by Watt. Watt was appealing for a free kick. Oh, bit Oy. of a push and shove going on now. Mackey and Lambert. Leighton coming in to break it up. So just going to quickly throw that up the umpire. Watt got the slap forward looking for McDonald. Tapped out of her bath by Zenos. Zenos got the bounce of the ball. Got a handball forward to Alexander. Michaela Can just ran through traffic. Got a handball out to Curly, who got a handball in the centre of the ground to Davey. She quickly got a kick away inside 50. Crashing the pack though was Guttridge. And she'll get a free kick inside defensive 50 for the Saints. So she's going to play it to the outer side of the ground. Plays on. Does go out there to centre wing. Mark wasn't taken, but McDonald, she gets the crumbs and runs off. Kick, though, was partially smothered, and now the Collingwood will get away with it. Into the hands of Bucken, who got a handball out. She got Who got a kick inside 50, looking for Malloy. Malloy out the back. She's harassing her opponent, but it's going to be all wrapped up inside the right forward pocket. The umpire's going to ball it up. Really enjoying watching Collingwood run and carry that ball down into their 50. Um, they just look like they've got a bit more time, a bit more steady. Up they go again. One out by Watt. Stolen, though, by Lambert. Her kick, though, is smothered and it's taken away, though, by Dutchy Kyes. Ooh. And a run down. Jamie Lambert followed up her kick and, and uh, you know, brilliant smother by her. Jamie Lambert with a body count today. On three. <laughs> As we wait for the ball to be thrown back in, Saints lead Pies by eight points. 15 minutes gone here in the opening quarter. Spinning back into play. Watts trying to fight in for it. Over the top there, Alexander wants to get a piece of it. And all on the bottom of the deck there, Tilly Lucas Rod. Seems to me that, uh, you know, a, a bit of a tactic here by Collingwood is actually take it out of the ruck and get it on the boot mm-hmm. instead of tapping. As... Quick tap back into play. Casey caught by Phillips. Bree Davy tried to take on Emma Mackey. Couldn't do so. Xenos oh. went charging through. Found a gap. Went for the goal square. And it oh. through. The 23rd player in Nicola Xenos. Like a good Uber driver in peak hour traffic. Found the gap and straight through. That's two really nice things she's done so far. That's really impressive for a 23rd player. Yeah, she's been really impressive, actually. Um, you know, she's a bit of a feisty player. Um, you know, really, really serves up to the older players around her, I guess. And, um, you know, I guess for her doing her stuff for the team, but putting herself in an equation for a draft later on in the year. Absolutely. I've noticed she's really take, sort of running more with the ball. Seems like she's carrying it more, trying to get those one-twos a bit more as well. So now Fowler and Kelly are going to go at it in the ruck. Davey just took it out, tried to run her way through. Got a handball to Malloy. Malloy will win the clearance, going inside 50. Into the path of Alexander. Kai's just got it out of the opponent's hands. And now it's wrapped up inside the forward pocket. Cleared away by Lucas Rod. Now McDonald in a foot race at half back, And it's gone over the boundary line. Umpires adjudicating. And we'll have a throw in. Not last touch out of bounds. Probably would have been a good case for us to touch out of bounds there, but we'll have the throw in on the far side. Fowler and Kelly again in the ruck as the umpire steadies himself. Looks like there's a bit of drizzle coming down over Northport Oval. The tap just made its way to half forward, wrapped up now on the 50. 
players just piling on the umpire circles and says we'll have a ball up. So 50 metres from the Collingwood goal. Paul Sebastiani, what do you have for us? Well, you talk about leadership in these tense moments in big games. Shani Leighton is absolutely screaming her lungs out at the moment to try and get this uh, congestion sorted out. As the ball is on the outer side of the ground, right underneath the scoreboard, they're hailing cabs there, the umpire says I'll take the football back, Michaela can on the bottom of that mess, and we'll ball it up 50 metres out from goal, Pice attacking to the Balti Bridge end, again it's going to be Kelly going up there in the ruck she goes up there against Erica Fowler hand pass came over the top, managing to find Lauren Butler, who's done well finding the intended target of Michaela can she is about 45 metres out 45 degree angle just taking her time, assessing the options. Nothing's opened up yet to the pocket on the lead, but the hotspot about 25 metres out has become vacant. Watch for the slide pass at the last second. It's got a Ben Brown run up there. Uh, yeah. He's <laughs> come back a fair way. If you're going back any further, can you get me a fillet of fish in the Maccas on City Road, please? As Michaela Can comes in. I don't know whether she's got the distance here, Mickey, but um, I'd be very cautious as a, as a St Kilda defender here. She comes in, boots the ball, 45 metres out from goal, and it's just punched through at the last second there by Kelly O'Neill. Minus score, Collingwood now moved to 2-1-13. Southern Saints, 2-2-14. Some thoughts on Meg Hutchins? And that, that's what Kelly O'Neill does. You know, she plays as a wing, but really drops off and, and uh, as an extra in defence and, and played that really, really well. Came in with the fly of the ball and just knocked it over. So Kyers takes the kick in for the Saints and just gets it into the left forward pocket. Play on quickly, goes up that outer wing. Kick though, not great, and cut off by Lauren Butler of Collingwood. She goes back and quickly plays on, gets it inside to the hot spot. Just over there was Bliss and free kick now. They're going the way of the Saints. They play it to the halfback flank and it will be Grizer who takes the mark. She's a long way from home working along up the ground because one of her big booming kicks up to the centre wing on the broadcast side looking for McCarthy but bounced over her head. Fowler was wrapped up by Shearlaw and we'll have a ball up. McCartney was waiting for that ball to go over the back I think. She was really trying to edge her player underneath the ball and, and just wait for it to come but it, uh, you know, really good hand on the ball there by the Collingwood player. So Fowler and Callie. Callie won the tap down. She managed to get her own tap. Walked for Mackie, but Mackie was bumped off it. Phillips tried to evade a tackle with a handball and dropped it. And the umpire have will say we'll have a ball up. It's only 20 seconds to go in the first quarter. Saints leading by one point here at Northport Oval. Tap down one by Collingwood. Into the hands of Davey. You've got to kick around the body to half forward. Just a lucky mark there by Caitlin Lee, who plays on quickly to send it inside 50. Guttridge, she got a punch away, but into the path of Can. And that's the siren for the first quarter. Collingwood 2-1-13 trail the Southern Saints 2-2-14 in this preliminary final. Goal kickers for the Southern Saints, Caitlin Greiser and Kate Shearlaw and Nicola Zenos and Caitlin Lee for the Collingwood Magpies. It's a much op- more open game than the game two weeks ago, Meg. I was just going to say, it feels like there's going to be a lot more goals kicked this week uh, compared to two weeks ago. And, and yeah, it's a lot more open style uh, of football switch lanes, um, using legs, driving legs and, and gaining ter- territory through run and carry. So, yeah, it's actually a really quite entertaining game to, to watch and, um, you know, both teams are, are playing extremely good football. 
And Phoebe, if we look at it, as we said, both sides on an even kill at the moment. I guess the question's going to come down to which is going to be the first coach to take the gamble and start moving the magnets around to see if they can tilt it their way. Yeah, I think um, it's been a pretty even first quarter. I think maybe Collingwood have had more inside 50s and more opportunities, but when uh, St Kilda have got it into their forward line, they've made the most of it, and, and two goals from their two key forwards have been really important and really impressive, and watching them push up the ground as well, like the G-Train's taking marks on defensive 50, that's that's an awesome work rate and a good start for the Saints. And I just feel like Sophie Alexander's been a crucial um, in today for, for Collingwood, just that extra height, just that extra presence around the ground that they were perhaps missing last week against the Bulldogs. Yeah, I think we see, you know, she's a, a fantastic, you know, she's just got a really good um, football brain, she understands, uh, you know, what the ball's going to do and, and reads the play really, really well and, you know, it, it's that hit-up lead that we talk about um, and we spoke about two weeks ago as well, you know, have your forwards present up the field, up on the wing, um, but then she's also rucking in the forward line as well and, as I said earlier, you know, taking the ball out of the ruck and getting her, her foot onto it, a um, lot more damaging, a lot more dangerous in those inside 50 um, you know, stoppages. We'll take this opportunity to take a quick break at quarter time. Collingwood 2-1-13, trial the Southern Saints 2-2-14 in the preliminary final. Spring is when country racing really gets going. And right now you can save $10 on every general admission ticket with our early bird offer. A saving of $10, the early bird really does get the worm. Go with your friends or go with your family. But go now to get your GA tickets for $10 off before they all... Go, go, go! Racing.com forward slash spring to save ten dollars on a day that's got it all. The Breakfast Club's in the sanctum. Hey, good morning, Vance. Morning, huh? Taking you inside the club's shaping finals footy. I think inside, within sort of all of us, there's definitely a different, just a different feel. And everyone's sort of quick to jump on, you know, it's finals. You want to embrace that sort of feeling. You know, it's been a couple of years for us from being in this position, so it's, it's definitely good to be back and planning for it. Take the journey to the 2019 Premiership in the Breakfast Club's in the sanctum. Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday on RSN 927's Breakfast Club. Being a teenager today can feel more complicated than ever. Mission Australia's Youth Survey found the top three concerns facing young people are coping with stress, school or study problems and mental health. By accessing the right support early, every young Australian can reach their full potential. So if you know a young person who's struggling, get alongside them and help them connect to local support services. For service information and to get involved, go to missionaustralia.com.au. RSN's History of the Melbourne Cup. But Saintly wins the Melbourne Cup, Saintly. Presented by Brian Martin. They're off. Beautiful start of the Melbourne Cup. I'm so pleased to return to RSN to bring the stories of the Melbourne Cup to life. In ten chapters, I'll speak with the people who have made Cup history, reliving those glorious moments of our greatest race. Toby and Oliver with an angel riding on his shoulder for his brother Jason beating a puzzle as safely home. Brian Martin presents the history of the Melbourne Cup. Six till seven Sunday mornings, every Sunday. Here on 
RC Carnival 2, WARFradio.com and the VFL app. It's the VFLW preliminary final. The Saints lead the Magpies by one point. We're going to go down to the boundary line and Paul Sebastiani. And Paul, as we asked what was said in the huddles, I might also ask the question that Meg was observing during the quarter time break. Has the wind dropped off? It has a little bit, Peter. Um, it's still probably going to pick up. There's still blustery conditions down here going towards that Williams, uh, Williamstown Road end of the stadium, but definitely has died down a little bit. Um, was down in the Collingwood huddle. Penny Cooler-Reed was uh, very vocal again. Um, she was speaking about the her, her team, making sure they hunt their opponents when they don't have the football and being calm and composed when they have ball in hand. Now, I'm trying to remember, are we talking a five-minute extra way, extra time, or a golden point extra time if we get to that scenario? It, it, it just might happen. To get us underway for the second quarter, here's Lucy Watkins. So Kelly and Leighton back into the ruck for the restart. Davey appeals for a hold and will get it. Vesley doesn't look too pleased that it's been given against her, but nevertheless, we'll go back to Davey just on the broadcast wing just in the centre as she goes now towards centre half forward Butler had the kick spoiled and now going towards Malloy at half forward Malloy she's wrapped up immediately there's a few Saints players just hover over the ball and we'll have a ball up I know it's love the game not the odds finals but what are the odds of a draw happening here (laughs) just quietly Leighton with the tap into the hands of Nietzsche. Broke the tackle, got the ball inside 50. Over the head of Lee into the hands of Fitzpatrick of the Saints. Quick clearing kick by Kyes was affected, so it didn't go too far. Going to be held up in the pocket as Lucas Rod just sort of paddles it towards a teammate. And we'll have a ball up right forward pocket for Collingwood. So Alexander's nominating for the ruck against Kelly. Kelly jumped up, got a tap down towards Rod, and Rod was tackled immediately, and we'll have another ball up. Let's get some thoughts from Phoebe McWilliams. I just was, I've been admiring watching the ruck battle between um, Shani Layton and Poppy Kelly. Both really improved this year. It has been a cracking contest as in goes Chloe Malloy to pick the football up. Has to go backwards to go forwards by going back to Bree Davey. At 55 metres out from goal, Bree Davey looking around, looking for some options. Even Kate Sheila's pushed up the ground. She's standing at centre-half back as Bree Davey unloads on the right boot towards the top of the goal square. Came off hands. It's a hurried snap. It's bouncing away to the right. Did it get in? It did. Tilly Lucas-Rod was appealing. The umpire says no. It went through. It's a goal to the Magpies, and they now take that five-point lead, 3-1-19 to 2-2-14. Yeah, this is the, uh, the, well, I call the problem with the density rule, is that, you know, Bree David was pretty much camped outside the 50 there, and a no-density rule would have had someone roll up from a half-forward line from the Southern Saints to man her up. Density rule, by herself, they were able to get the kick out to her, and then she was able to pump it long. So, yeah, she was camped out there for a long, long time, and uh, probably not someone you want to leave by herself for too long. It looks like that's their game plan too. Both times she's had the footy, she's just booted it along to the top of the goal square. So Leighton and Kelly now back into the middle. Davey got the tap, got a handball back to Benicci. Got a bit of a run on and got a kick inside 50. Great mark taken there by Caitlin Lee of the Magpies. About 45 metres out from goal. She's going to send it to the goal square. Big high looking for Alexander over her head into the hands of Lagoya. And her kick was smothered by Mal Kyes at the crucial moment. And we'll have a ball in at the... Fo- forward pocket. There's another long kick in so it does look like they're just trying to take that breeze and get it deep and put the, the Saints defence under pressure. And according to that app, that last goal officially given to Jamie Lambert. 
think she just took it out of the air, popped it on her boot, and it went through. Through the ball in, no one has been able to get clear possession from the throw-in. It's been tussled around by the Pies, now into the hands of Davy. Her handball over the top found Zenos. She got a handball into the pocket to Butler. Butler went back to Benici, slapped out of her hands by Vesely in a clear and kick away by Phillips, almost marked by Layton, but uh, Kate Sheelor ran away with it, kicks it towards center wing on the broadcast side, bounced over the head of Bucken. Um, Donald couldn't get clean possession for the Saints. It was Malloy who came away with it. She got a handball out, but her teammate was pushed off it by Munn, who got a handball to Vesely, who got a quick kick towards Caitlin Greiser on the center of the broadcast wing. Fowler got the ball, absolutely came through, just smashed Phillips out of the way. Long kick inside 50. Kai's, she got a handball away. It was dubious. But the umpire says all clear and will have a throw-in in the right forward pocket. Pretty for lucky not to give away a uh, too high there. She came through with a nice stiff arm straight to the head of uh, Phillips. So pretty lucky. Umpire throws the football back into play. Kelly brought the ball to ground, immediately taken by Candio to try and struggle the tackle. Got it to Jamie Lambert, who tried to get rid of one player. Got it out to Chloe Malloy, who bent it round the corner. And uh, trying to back back to take the mark there for the Southern Saints. Just came off hands. That Alison Brown out there wearing the number two. And do this. Over and out, so we'll call for throwing next to that right-hand point post. 3-1-19, Collingwood, 2-2-14, the Southern Saints. Four and a half minutes gone in the second quarter of the preliminary final. Kelly brings it to ground. Zenos lost control of it, had to go back in again for a second crack at it. Trying to lay on the tackle there is Samantha Johnson. Coming in over the top is Lagoya, rolled over the player. Frippinici fighting hard for it, brings Phillips to ground. Umpire says, without the football, and that will be a free kick. It's a bit frenetic here. I want to see the Saints just control the footy maybe for a couple of minutes and just do a couple of repeat marks just to slow it down a little bit, get it back on their terms. As Phillips with the football from defence, kicks it outside the back 50. Leighton parks herself underneath it. Spore from behind by the G train. Stolen out of her hands by Stacey Livingston. Goes long. It's an empty goal square. They pop it in. They were looking for Alexander. Went through her hands. Lagoya attacks. Goes for the tackle. Tilly Lucas right under pressure. Stolen by Lagoya. And Lagoya has her first, and the Pies are hot to start this second quarter. They take it out to an 11-point lead here at Northport Oval, 4-1-25. The Southern Saints, 2-2-14, Phoebe McWilliams. Unfortunately, Kat Phillips didn't hear Hutchie then and um, take her <laughs> advice. Um, kicked it straight back to Shani Layton, and, and Stacey Livingston just continued with the game plan and bombed it long, put them under pressure, and, and there's another goal. Yeah, they just need to spread it wide. I use the width of the ground. It's quite a big ground. Use the width of the ground to just maintain possession for a little bit and get it back on your turns. Because you just keep bombing it long. Um, I know they're looking for Grizer who'd pushed up the ground, but it's going to come back in with interest. So back in the middle and back to Leighton v. Kelly. Kelly this time won the tap, looking for Drennan. She was pushed out of it, and it's Lambert who comes up with the ball. She goes up the broadcast wing. Great lit neat chip kick found. Bunker, Caitlin Bunker, she pops it on the left to half forward, but over the head of Malloy, Guttridge took the mark, but played on quickly, and her kick was cut off by Nicole Hales. She's directly in front of us on the wing on the broadcast position. She played it off to Bunker, and Bunker goes long towards 50. Uh, Alexander ended up with it, and she was just dispossessed. And Lambert will run the ball over the boundary line. We'll have a throw-in where the boundary line meets the 50. Uh, Collingwood look definitely up and about uh, right now. They've had all the momentum this quarter and, and they get, their confidence is growing. 
So umpire just sets himself, throwing high towards right half forward. Kelly won the tap down and Mackie, she got the bounce. She got a quick handball to oh. Lucas Rod, but the umpire says it was holding the ball. So Caitlin Bunkers ended up with it. She's about 45 out. I think she's going to send it right to the hotspot as they have been doing the pies. Almost the big pack mark was taken by Alexander, but the ball's held up now just 15 metres from the Collingwood goal. Jeez, I don't know about that. That yeah. looked like a fair handball, mm. and, and the Saints are almost out there, so yeah, I don't think Emma Mackey knowing her would be very happy about that. So ball up. Callie goes up unopposed in the ruck. No Saints player takes clean possession. Caitlin Bunker got a tap away and a clearing kick by Vesley will go into the hands of Jones. And Jones will play it wide. And just Mark wasn't taken. And just seeing it over the boundary line was Shevlin. Um, this is where you can see that the youngers, the St Kilda Saints, aren't don't have that composure and experience just to hold onto the ball, get the game back on their terms. They're just rushing it out of their 50 and then it's coming straight back in. Wait for the ball to be thrown back in to play half-forward flank here for the Pies. Here at Northport Oval, broadcast side of the ground, spinning back in the play. Kelly versus Leighton. Leighton took it straight out of the ruck. Kelly harassing her. In goes Drennan. Can't get the football out. Ball on the deck. Hurry kick away here by the Saints in the G-chain direction. Trapped at her legs. Try to pick it up. Curly's harassing her. And Livingston took the ball away from her. Livingston goes for a second crack at it. Overran it. And Johnson came away with the football and got immediately brought to ground. It spilled out. The G-chain doing some shepherding work. Mackey is picked up and immediately wrapped up by two players. Nowhere to go. And the umpire blows the whistle and calls for a ball up. 4-1-25 Collingwood, 2-2-14 Southern Saints. Nine minutes gone, second term. Leighton does the ruck work, taken by Emma Mackey, who had someone all over her back. That was almost rodeo style, but no free kick out of that. The ball goes long up the line. Saints trying to hold on here. Tilly Lucas Watt wants to try and kick it off the carpet. Can't do so. And all wrapped up once again. We'll call for another ball up between centre wing and half forward for length for the Pies. Some thoughts from Meg Hutchins. Yeah, we said, you know, Pete Pete said earlier that Tilly uses a lot of her leadership. We're really going to need to see that over the next 10 minutes. Tap out one by Callie into the path of Jones. And Jones sends it long up the line looking for Greiser. Over her head, couldn't take the mark. Tried to pick up her own crumbs, but couldn't get clean possession as the Pies. They hold up the footy and now Livingston got a handball to Lambert. Got a handball to Casey. Casey plays it into the centre of the ground. No mark was taken. Lagoya got the ball on the bounce. Tried to get a handball wide to Leighton but it was picked off by her direct opponent in Cali. Now the Saints, they get a kick away up the line to half forward. Kate Sheila flew but it was Greiser who took the mark at half forward. 60 from goal. Sends it into the hot spot looking for Munn. She couldn't get front position. Dropped the ball into the path of Sedgendry. She got a quick snap around the body. Was deflected off the pies. Fowler got a kick away in the pocket. But only as far as Mackie. She danced around her opponent. Got a snap. But it just went directly up in the air and over the boundary line on the full. Right idea getting it in there. Just uh, probably execution and didn't have the high, t- the big target there because the target was kicking the ball. As the ball comes back into play, short to find Nicole Hales. Hales goes to Grace Bucken. This is the type of football that St Kilda need to play when they get the ball. You know, chip it around, maintain possession, get territory. Short to Sophie Casey. She's still in the back pocket here for the Pies. Now goes long up the long line on the broadcast side. Was looking for Lee. Knocked out of her hands. Malloy came through. Almost got the hip and shoulder on the way. Zenos taken over the boundary line. But just shrugs the opponent off the back. Get off me. <laughs> 
Oh, that was too easy as we wait for the ball to be thrown back into play. About 70 metres out here from the Saints' goal. They're yet to score in this second quarter. They're down by 11 points at the 11-minute mark. Back into play. Rannon Watt brought it to ground. Coming through their bunker. Almost stolen away from her. Malloy, one step, put it on the boot, went the Sophie Alexander direction. Smacked away from her, courtesy of Alison Brown. Picking it up, though, Jamie Lambert. Gives the hand pass, faking it there as Casey goes back to Bree Davey. One step, and then on the right boot, going up the line. Michaela Can took it uncontested. Fair Lucas Rod holding him there. Lucky not to give away the 50. Can is about 75 metres out from home. Stutters, then gets on the right boot, goes inside 50 with the kick, came off hands. Saints were going to clear it out of defence by McDonald, but only went as far as the number 13 and Jamie Lambert. And Sheila running nearby, wanted to argue about the five-metre proximity rule. Umpire said, just play on, and that's what she does. Lambert goes long to 40 metres out from goal, came off hands. Cleaned up to Mackey. Mackey goes for a run on the right boot. Heading in the G-chain direction. Four versus one. That's not good odds. Coming in there was Hannah Stewart. Pies, though, with the footy. Long kick by Bucken. Heading in the Alexander direction. Cutting it off, though, is Alison Brown. To Brown. Switches play to the left side of the ground to Callie. Callie takes a nice mark in the back pocket. She plays up the outer wing looking for Phillips. Phillips takes a nice mark and plays on. She puts on the burners, gets a kick away, looking for Greiser, but on oh no, Sedendry's there. Tap away to Greiser. Greiser puts on her right foot inside 50. Kate Sheewell's there, but she's got it two on one. So it's going to be taken away now by the Pies. Back to curling now to Leighton at half back. Leighton's left foot was cut off and Sedendry ends up with the ball. She was banged off it just as she was trying to get the kick away and Leighton will send a kick into the centre of the ground into the path of Hales and she gets a kick away centre half forward into the path of Lagoya. Lagoya handball over the top to Alexander but she tripped as she got the ball giving time for the Saints defenders to come in and hold it up and Guttridge now with the ball will clear it into the centre of the ground over the head of Jones and into the path of Zenos. Zenos inside the centre square goes wide for Davey. Davey takes the courageous chess mark and she'll now go back. Just waiting for a place to get inside 50. Waiting for a lead. Sends it long to the goal square. Big pack forms. A great mark taken there by Rhiannon Watt of the Southern Saints. Let's get some thoughts of Meg Hutchins. Yeah, we just need to do this, like, just exactly what we're seeing right now. A small little hit up, maintain possession, but that requires work rate. Need to work into the space, use each other. Olivia Vesely now with the ball in the back pocket, going short to Dutchie Kais. And, of course, you've got to go to Dutchie on the left-hand side. Uh, the kick up, looking for Shearlaw. Knocked away from her. Getting a quick little hand pass away there was Ferguson. Got it to Benici. Benici gets it back with the 1-2. Now on the left boot, awkwardly coming inboard, looking for Livingston. Knocked away there by Mackey. Livingston now gets the football back, courtesy of Lambert. Then goes long towards the pocket. Almost getting Falcon there was Guttridge. Malloy's lurking nearby. Guttridge keeps her feet, though. Gets on the left boot. Goes up towards the half-back flank, looking for Hannah Stewart. Outmarked there by Buck. An umpire screams play on. Xenos pulls the kick towards the pocket. Wasn't all that great. Guthridge then to Tilly Lucas Rod. Lucas Rod goes up towards the heartback flank ball, ping-ponging around. Here comes Jamie Lambert like a hot knife through butter! Second goal of the quarter for Lambert. 
And Fubert McWilliams, isn't it funny, when everyone else is just mucking around with it, Lambert just says, I'm going to take you all on and I'm going to slot the goal. Oh, she's a very classy finisher and that's another example of... Uh, she just got the ball, she steadied, she got, had the composure and time and just slotted it through. Easy as you do it. Absolutely, but I, I felt like that was inevitable to happen. Mm. Kilda just kept on kicking back to them, back to them. Back. It was just a bit of rebound football going on there. And, uh, you know, as we spoke about earlier, a little bit of... Aerial ping pong, so I felt like it was just coming. Um, yeah, I think St Kilda were lucky um, that they didn't concede a couple of goals already. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But you know, you know, Jamie Lambert seizes the moment. Um, you know, you don't want to give her too many opportunities because that's exactly what she'll do. And as soon as it came off her boot, finger went up in the air. She knew it was straight through. So Collingwood leading 5-131, Southern Saints 2-2-14. The Saints haven't scored in this second quarter as Malloy wins the clearance for Collingwood. So it's back inside 50 for the Pies. McCann was wrestled out of it by her opponent and Johnson got a quick kick away to Rhiannon Watt of the Southern Saints. Still inside defensive 50, the Saints as she heads to the outer wing looking for Mackey. Mackey just managed, got the her player out of it for Callie, sorry, O'Neill to take the mark. She goes short up the line to Drennan. So just on the outer wing, just on the defensive side, Drennan sends it up the wing. And it's just marked now out of her, her Caitlin Grise's grasp. And now the Pies will play it wider again. Zenos, now on the other side of the ground, gets a handball over the top to Fowler. Fowler tries to break its tackle. Just got a handball away, and now it's over the boundary. We'll have a throw-in defensive side of the outer wing for the Southern Saints. Might take an opportunity to go down the boundary line with Paul Sebastiani. Paul, what's the attitude looking like on the Saints bench? From up here, it kind of feels like the game's slowly starting to slip from their grasp. Yeah, the, the coaches are a little bit tense at the moment. They're just trying to tell their players to really hunt up at the footy and defending numbers. And as we said before, the wind's completely died down, so no real advantage. So it could be a case of them just being a little bit too defensive-minded, thinking that the wind still picked up, but uh, completely died down here. Davey goes to Malloy, who goes long inside 50, trying to find Lee. Ball hit the deck. Everyone's going to jump on it, and we're going to call for a ball up. Seven and a half minutes gone in this uh, second term. 5-1-31, Collingwood 2-2-14, the Southern Saints. Saints have not scored this quarter. As Alexander won it down, Malloy got goal side, then got bumped off the football. Then goes Watt. Watt tries to clear it out of the back line with a bit of a grubber of a kick. Hand pass by O'Neill went backwards. Trying to use the uh, agency there of Kelly to get it out of defence. Looking now for Stewart up the line at centre wing. Coming after it, Stewart wants a second crack at the football. Fighting hard for it is uh, Porter. Holds it up. Going in there is Alison Drennan. Wraps up Ferguson. And the umpire's going to call for a ball up. Let's get some thoughts from Phoebe McWilliams. Yeah, just noticing every time that St Kilda's exiting their defensive 50, they're going very long and skinny. Um, instead of sharing the ball around and running it up, um, it puts a lot of pressure on those tall forwards to make a contest. So Watton Fowler went up the ruck, just tapped away. No one got clean possession. It was Drennan who got a tackle on, but Benici ends up with it and she'll send it inside 50. It's just Can and Shannon back there and Shannon is the winner of that contest for the Saints. So she sends it back up the line and finds Kai's. Kai's just holding it up at half back. A minute and a half to go in the second quarter. Plays it inside, looking for a player. Goes back to Drennan. Drennan kick around the body 
was not great. It was a bit of a grubber. Running through now is Mackie. Mackie was pushed off it, and Lucas Rod got a kick towards the wing. Kate Sheelock, she got it on the bounce, has holds it up, sends a high up and under kick towards half forward. Not sure if her opponent will win it. She's in a three-on-one. Handball inside 50 was looking for a player, but Greiser, she'll get it now, but she sends it handball back to centre-half forward to Phillips. It's over her head into the path of Benici. Phillips does well to tackle Benici, but now it's in the hands of Lucas Rod. will send it inside 50, looking for Stewart, but it's uh, Kate Sheila who runs through and takes the mark on the chest. She, you feel like she's really lifted in the last five minutes um, with those couple of marks and now um, having a shot on goal. So Sheilaw, she'll be kicking from about 45 out. She goes short looking for McDonald. She was in a two-on-one and she was spoiled as now Bliss gets a handball over the top to Bucken and she'll get a kick away. Only as far as Lucas, Rod and Vesely. They messed it up, didn't communicate. Now running through is Lee and she'll be holding the ball. But there's only nine seconds left in this quarter. I think Colin would know it. They're holding the ball up inside the centre square as the time ticks down. Guttridge yeah, takes 50. it. That's, oh, That's a 50 every day of the week. So Darcy Guttridge has a chance to get a goal after the siren here for half time. Desperately need this one, the Saints. I haven't scored in this quarter so far. And their first score could come after the half-time siren, and it does. Darcy Guttridge gets the Saints back on the on the board. Probably a very crucial goal for the Southern Saints to keep them in this contest. They still trail the Magpies, however, 5-1-31 to the Southern Saints, 3-2-20. Meg, we heard Peter Searle say she wanted to see her players switching lanes like they did last, last week, but it doesn't look like they're really doing that today. No, and switching lanes doesn't always mean going forwards. You can look at switching lanes by kicking the ball backwards, you know, um, making, you know, opening up holes, which which will open up holes a little bit further up the ground. So, um, yeah, I'm probably seeing a lack of intent to switch lanes, but all, but it's probably more, as Phoebe said, just that inexperience just to compose the ball, slow it down, and just get it back on your own terms. So, yeah, what, what I, I would imagine Pete will be instructing them to say is, yeah, let's just slow it down a bit. If we get a marker, get a free kick, let's slow it down, but that relies upon work rate. Work rate of your teammates to get into space to then get a lot of, you know, let's get multiple uncontested marks in a row so we can just get control of the game and switch lanes that way. Um, I was going to say, um, as they're playing so defensively, um, trying to stop the onslaught of the Collingwood forwards, um, when they are getting rebounds outside of 50, they are, they don't have those options up forward. They're not pushing up with the ball. They're sort of holding back defensively. Mm-hmm. Um I suppose just to, if they've still got the in their mind that there's a wind, but there is no wind anymore, so they need to get on their bikes and push up and help their forwards. And how must that last goal change the mindset that now that, okay, the Saints have kicked that goal, okay, they're still within touching distance. If they didn't give away that undisciplined 50 right then on the siren, it's three goals the difference, and the attitude can be for Collingwood going into that halftime, right, one more goal and the game should be gone. Yeah, goals create momentum, and, and as we said, that was just critical that Darcy Guthrie's kicked that goal right on the siren. Um, you know, the Collingwood player probably thought they were being a little bit smart, holding the mm. ball up, but unfortunately not smart enough and held it up for too long and, and the 50 resulted so yeah critical taking that goal in bit of momentum and they can head back out to third quarter for that with that one 
Paul Sebastiani. Yeah, just a quick little um, injury update. Erica Fowler, um, late in that quarter, she was um, clutching her arm late on, and um, she was clutching it just as she came off at halftime as well. So um, interesting to note there. And uh, Jessica Sejaneri also copped a copped a knock on her right buttock as well, which was um, which didn't look too great. But she went she went straight back on the ground, which is um, which is good. So. I think it's the first time we've had that on air, right buttock <laughs> being, being put down as an injury. Usually it's a sore buttock from sitting on these seats here at the Northport Oval. 5-1-31, Collingwood Southern Saints, uh, 3-2-20. Before we hit our halftime break, I'll, I'll pose the question to everyone here on the panel. Who's the player you think that's got to step up in this second half for either A, for Collingwood to just put the game away, or for the Southern Saints to, again, give them some structure, give them some better movement going forward for them to be able to, A, claw back this um, deficit and get ahead. Yeah, I think we've seen the, the, the names of Collingwood step up and uh, and deliver that quarter. You know, Lambert, uh, Malloy and, and also Davey. Um, so, you know, those two just need to keep keep on doing their thing. But I think if, if Alexander can get her hands on the footy a little bit more, uh, I can't see the Saints uh, getting over the top here. For the Saints, look, I think I think the, the Pies are making Tilly Lucas Rod really accountable, mm-hmm. um, and she's not getting her hands on the football. So, yeah, when you've got a leader like her down in the back line, having to be really, really accountable for her own op- opponent, um, she becomes less aware of what her teammates are doing and, and less directive as well in helping them out. So, I, I would like to see probably yeah Tilly um, get on her bike a little bit more. And uh, as Phoebe said, you know, instead of thinking the ball's just going to come straight back in, you create something, you run off your opponent and make them work as well. So. Probably, yeah, Tilly, Tilly for me. Um, and, and obviously, yeah, Kate Shearlaw stepped up in the last five minutes and, you know, they were able to get a goal as a result. I think Mackie's really stood up in that quarter, um, as she would as a, as a leader of her team. But she needs some support in there um, around the ball. Um, so maybe someone like Drennan, um, if she could get some run and carry with Kat Phillips and also um, Alison Brown. If she can get some run, kick it in long to the forwards so that the forwards can do their damage inside 50 rather than having to push so far up the ground. Let me throw a curveball out there. Do we do something like, let's throw Kate McCarthy to the back line, playing more of a half-back role to try and create running carry, and flip Tilly Lucas right into the midfield? Yeah, look, I think, you know, they'll, they'll be toying with lots of ideas, but um, it's, it's really, uh, you've got to be really conscious and really cautious I guess of, of going too far away of what's been able to get you to this point in time so you know as we said Tilly's really really important to um, the Southern Saints structure in the back line so I think moving her out could create more problems than, than create um, opportunities up forward um, but I think yeah I mean potentially yeah Kate McCarthy get a little bit more run and carry off the half back line but as we said maybe just a little bit more composure down back someone that can use the football down the back line. Yeah I agree with I'd keep Tilly where she is because she's so important to their structure but maybe throw Kate McCarthy in the middle get some run, get some ball winning out of that middle because at the moment Bree Davey, um, Chloe Malloy and Shani Layton are all on, on top of their opponents so they need to get some more drive from the middle it's, de- it's definitely from the mid- midfield. I think they need to, the midfield really need to, to lift their game and, and provide something for their key forwards to work with because at the moment the ball's going into the Collingwood forward line and then they're having to work it all the way back up again. So, yeah, get, get some clean takeaway, get some really solid inside 50 um, entries and, and, you know, you get some results out of that.
And just before we hit our halftime break, Paul Sebastiani, the weather conditions changing significantly to what we were experiencing about uh, 40 to 50 minutes ago at the start of the game. It's just still as anything now. The trees are not blowing, the flags are not blowing at all. Um, wind's just completely died down, so no advantage either side. It's just going to be a, a good game of football and, and best side wins now. Lucy, goal kickers at halftime. We have Jamie Lambert with two, Nicola Zenos with one, Gemma Lilagoya and Caitlin Lee also with singles, Darcy Guttridge, Selena, sorry, Darcy Guttridge, Caitlin Greiser and Caitlin, Kate Shearlaw as well with all the goals for the Southern Saints. At halftime, it's Collingwood 5-1-31 leading the Southern Saints 3-2-20. We'll be back right after this. RSN's history of the Melbourne Cup. But Saintly wins the Melbourne Cup. Saintly. Presented by Brian Martin. They're off. Beautiful start of the Melbourne Cup. I'm so pleased to return to RSN to bring the stories of the Melbourne Cup to life. In ten chapters, I'll speak with the people who have made Cup history, reliving those glorious moments of our greatest race. Damien Oliver with an angel riding on his shoulder for his brother Jason, meeting a puzzler safely home. Brian Martin presents the history of the Melbourne Cup. Six till seven Sunday mornings, every Sunday. They took update on RSN where Spring Racing Carnival happens. And later on podcast. Daniel Hufford leads the Breakfast Club. Rodney Eade is our Monday analyst after each weekend of the AFL Finals. He joins us 7am each Monday morning for the full hour in studio to wrap up the weekend's matches with the team. Finals footy, we love it on the Breakfast Club. Nothing but netball. Welcome to the Inner Circle. This is Sherelle McMahon inviting you to netball's own podcast. Sherelle and Bianca Chatfield, superstars of the game, invite you into the Inner Circle. He thinks outside the square, which I think is great. Talking 100% about the game they love. We're making a fresh edition every Wednesday, so come and join us in the Inner Circle. Fans of netball are not going to dub netball because they suddenly like playing cricket or because they suddenly are following Ash Barty. On iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and at all your regular podcast places. She was right up in my face getting ready to do a spin-off and flick me in the face with her brain. Start on the podcast page at rsn.net.au. I don't even know what came over. I just, like, gave her a little peck on the cheek. <laughs> Now there's a new time for all your weekday Victorian thoroughbred form. 10am for the Victorian form preview. The track report, expert analysis, connections, selections. Michael Felgate leads the Victorian form preview. Weekday mornings at 10. Hi, I'm Peter Holden from the Women's Australian Rules Football Podcast, the show with the most comprehensive look at the women's game. It's a great environment to be in and it's continually just going to get more and more professional. Getting to where that goes is a time. It's just a special moment. AFLW. State leagues, grassroots, and women's footy on the international scene. The Iron Maidens are still very much the team to beat when we get the nationals. Have to travel around Europe as lots of national team players still students. Hear the program each Wednesday evening from 6 p.m. on RSN Carnival One Digital Radio, or download more than 170 episodes by going to wafradio.com. RSN927 wants to send you to the Royal Melbourne Show. This year, the show celebrates 162 years of bringing the country to the city from September 21. There's heaps of new stuff, and it's even greater family value. We'll be giving away Royal Show family passes, ride cards, and general admission tickets, drawing winners three times a day. Get your name down on the entry page, and you could be at the all-new Royal Melbourne Show on us. Head to the competitions page at rsn.net.au. 
Footy's greats, and sometimes not so greats, tell us about the very first time they walked onto a footy field to play their first ever AFL-VFL game. When someone tells you you don't play your first game and you're in that moment, nothing but joy. Now that's our ripping new podcast. You can always tell them you played one game. I rang Dad and, and said, listen, no, I got my first three game, but I don't know what to do because they've got me picked in a back pocket. This is Kevin Hillier. Paul Daffy and I are releasing a new episode every Tuesday. Everyone came down from Benio to watch me play. David Parker rang me and said, we've decided to leave you out because you're just too skinny and too thin and, and you're going to get battered around. You can always tell them you played one game. Check the podcast page at rsn.net.au as well as iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast and wherever good podcasts are found. Now there's a new time for all your weekday Victorian thoroughbred form. 10am for the Victorian form preview. The track report, expert analysis, connections, selections. Michael Felgate leads the Victorian form preview. Weekday mornings at 10. Would you like a life by the beach? Make the sea change to Port Arlington Village. Just 200 metres from the water, just 400 metres from the golf club. It's quality beach living for the over 55s. Living in your own new home in the Port Arlington Township with a clubhouse, pool, gym and more. The best of the Bellarine right at your feet and Geelong just 30 minutes away. Don't leave it too late. Inspect the new homes now and see where beach life begins. See portarlingtonvillage.com.au your club, Craigie Burn Sporting Club. The Sporty is now your prime function venue. The breathtaking new function room is now open. Already it's hosted wedding receptions, engagement parties, christenings, birthdays and seminars. Up to 300 guests. And the reviews have been awesome. Why not make an appointment with the Sporty Function team to plan your special occasion? Craigie Burn's best functions are now happening at the Sporty. Craigie Burn Sporting Club. Find out more at craigieburnsc.com.au. The smell of baking. Routley's Bakery is so good. And any time is a good time to get stuck into a classic Routley's pie. Beef and gravy on the inside, wrapped in golden pastry. Why not go wild and try a beef and bacon pie? Beef and onion, beef and chilli, or the outstanding beef and burgundy. Routley's Bakeries, right across Geelong, as well as Eltona, Newport, Williamstown and Ascot Vale. Fancy a Routley's pie? Of course you do. Oh, hi, I'm Maria from Sesame Street. And Elma's Elma. And we're here to talk about driveways, Driveways can be dangerous for children. Or little red monsters. So it's important for parents to always watch their children around them. Yeah, driveways are for cars, not for play. That's right, Elmo. Play only in safe places away from driveways because people in cars may not see you. Uh, Elmo sees you, Maria. Tag, you're it. Oh, here I come, Elmo. <laughs> Remember, driveways are like roads. Always supervise, separate, and see. Learn more at kidsafevic.com.au. Yay! It's September! Yep, so step up! Let's aim for 10,000 steps a day to support kids living with cerebral palsy. And here's how we turn those steps into dollars. Ask your friends. Ask your family. Ask your work colleagues. Get people you know to sponsor you and help us make a difference. Every dollar we raise supports kids with cerebral palsy. So every step. And every dollar counts. Send your friends to september.org.au to donate today. We're counting on you. 69. The number of cancer-causing chemicals in tobacco smoke. 16. The number of places in your body that smoking causes cancer, including the bladder, bowel, liver and pancreas. 1 in 5. The number of all cancers caused by smoking. 1. The number of clear ways you have to reduce your risk if you're a smoker. Call Quickline 137848. 
And welcome back here to Northport Oval in Port Melbourne. The sides are out on the ground a little bit earlier than anticipated. That means we're just about ready to get underway for this third quarter. It's an 11-point lead to Collingwood over the Southern Saints. To get us underway for this third term, here is Lucy Watkin. So umpires still checking starting positions. Up hold the ball off. Siren sounds. And here we go for the second quarter. Leighton gets a big tap away, but it's only into the path of Johnson. She couldn't get clean possession, so Curly for the Pies will get come away with it. Her kick was partially smothered and it went to Mackie. Got a defensive handball to Phillips who got a handball to Callie who just got a big kick forward towards half forward. Kate McCarthy was in pursuit. Couldn't get plain, clean possession. Stewart dived over the footy and Kate McCarthy is appealing to the umpire as they pile on. We'll have a ball in in the forward pocket for the Southern Saints. It's a good positive start getting the ball inside 50 within 30 seconds. So good, good job to Saints. Saints trail by two goals. Poppy won the tap down to uh, Mackie. Mackie, her, her kick was smothered and now it's the Collingwood who get away. Kick though was taken by Brown on the outer wing. She got a handball to Kyes and Kyes will send it up the line into the path of McDonald. McDonald was touched so she wasn't paid the mark. Her high up and under kick will go to uh, half forward. Griser took the leap but couldn't get the mark and the ball rolls over the boundary line and we'll have a throw in at half forward for the Southern Saints. Interesting battle to watch there. Mackie versus Lambert. Seems like Mackie's been tasked with the job of just manning her around stoppages there. As the ball is thrown back into play, Leighton versus Kelly. Kelly wins the tap, but immediately taken by Lambert. It got pushed over. She got her kick away going up the line. Found the intended target and running on quickly is Lee. Lee now goes straight down the guts. Malloy! He went flying from behind. Couldn't quite hang on to it. Went back in again for a second crack. Brought Phillips to ground, though. Phillips has gone to ground, trying to get the hand pass out. Ball cry, the Magpie supporters. And the umpire says there was absolutely no opportunity. So we'll call for a ball up. Two minutes into this third third quarter. 5-1-31 Collingwood. 3-2-20 the Saints. Leighton wins the contest. Ball at the ground. Here comes Bree Davey with space. Here's a big barrel from Bree Davey. Straight down the throat of Gemma Lagoya. Couldn't have been any more perfect Meg Hutchins. Absolutely dangerous. You know, I think um, Shani Leighton's becoming more predictable because she's winning the, the, the taps. So she's really predictable to her midfielders. Bree Davey just uh, read that just so perfectly back door open and she was able to send it into deep into, into 50. Gemma Lagoya 35 metres out directly in front just pushes it to the right. It is a minor score. It is 5-3-33 Collingwood Southern Saints 3-2-20 two and a half minutes into the third quarter Kick in to be taken by Guttridge. She plays on plays towards the outer wing no target in particular, and the ball will just bounce on. Big contest now. Butler comes away with the footy. She got a handball to Lambert. Lambert just faked some candy, went inside 50, looking for Can over her hands, head, and into the hands of uh, Phillips. She got a kick away into the centre. It's McCarthy versus two pies, and it'll be Fowler who wins. She sidestepped Sheila and got a handball to Leighton, and Leighton put it on the right boot and got a nice kick to Bunker on the broadcast wing, bunker head towards uh, left half forward for the Pies, Can couldn't take the mark Lucas Rod now with a handball to Shannon and Shannon will play it up the broadcast wing, Greiser she pushed Livingston out of it, got a kick inside 50, McCarthy can she put on her speed, she does she runs into the goal square kicks oh. it and misses Kate McCarthy, open goal square pushed it to the left 
and she's kicked it behind. Southern Saints, 3-3-21, trail Collingwood at 5-2-32. You hate to see it. But if you're an AFLW player, you've got to kick those goals. There's no excuse there. What the fudge? That's all I can ask. Kate McCarthy has made a complete mess of that as the ball is brought back over the head of Bree Davey at the halfback flank. Now runs onto it. Isabel Shannon came at it. Her got it over the top. Oh. Run down can is caught by Kelly and she'll get up quickly. Poppy Kelly now comes in board looking for Cat Phillips. It's a dangerous kick. Ball got knocked to ground coming through there and copping it high on the way through his bunker. Umpire says it's a final. You can play on. No worry about that. King it in board was Guttridge. Was trying to find Mackey and Mackey got her opponent Shevlin and will play on quickly Mackey from the centre of the ground gets on the right boot towards the half forward flank looking for Curly Vesely brought it to ground off the side of the boot by Courtney Munn it's a wobbler that goes inside 50 now Curly goes in there immediately wrapped up by Hannah Stewart and we will call for a ball up 48 metres out from goal Phoebe McWilliams yeah it looks like um, St Kilda's come out and they're really giving it a crack Leighton with the tap down at half forward into the path of Kelly of the Saints. Couldn't get clean possession. Vesely was wrapped up by Davey. Casey was absolutely poleaxed by Kelly. We'll have another ball up. Seems to be a, an intent there to switch lanes. You know, that was a risky kick in board, but it paid off. Kelly wins the tap into the path of Casey. Davey pushes Mackey off the ball, then smothers the kick of Olivia Vesely. Some great work there by Brianna Davey into the side today after missing a few weeks with the, after a head clash with Darcy Vessio a few weeks ago. The umpire sets himself now 50 metres from the Southern Saints goal. Mackey and Lambert just tussling at the stoppage over the head of both rucks but Kelly picked up the ball got a kick inside 50 looking for Sheila Sheila was pushed in the back but no free was paid running it out now the pies Davey got a quick kick away to the broadcast wing Guttridge is in pursuit she got the ball handball to Fitzpatrick Fitzpatrick goes wide but was picked off by Alexander Alexander gets a handball now to Lee Lee goes inside 50 looking for Bucken she couldn't take a mark and McDonald from the Saints will get the ball now takes a bounce at half back, takes another bounce on the outer wing, kicks it up the outer wing looking for Greiser, went through the hands of Livingston, Greiser didn't get possession Livingston, she gets the ball is tackled by two players she dropped the ball but wasn't given now the Saints trying to run away with it they were wrapped up, ball in dispute, Vesely gets it out the back, kicks it inside 50 for Munn, Munn couldn't mark it McCarthy was lurking, she couldn't get clean possession and now Lambert will play it out wide to Benici at half half back. Benici with the football still inside defensive 50 nearly backed into her own teammate then Lily lost control of the football stabbed at it trying to find Malloy coming at it first though was Guthridge held off the ball play on Lambert comes through on the right boot Isabel Shannon tries to cut off uh, Can ball got knocked away from her pushing and shoving as Clara Fitzpatrick pushed her opponent off the ball got it back and then got it across to Tilly Lucas Rod went back by hand one step kick going up the line by Brown looking for Drennan punch from behind by Lambert she went to punch and she ended up taking the mark on the second bite. Crowd unhappy about it. They're all getting vocal here at Northport Oval. Centre wing broadcast position. 
11 point lead to the pie, 7 minutes gone, third quarter, Lambert runs around the pie on the mark, goes long, uh, but Poppy Kelly says, that's too easy, I shall take a mark, and Kelly now off the right boot, from the halfback flank, Malloy had it, bounced off her chest, coming through Benici, took on the player, then went long with a kick inside 50, Lagoya hands up, couldn't quite bring it to ground, ball got out the back, Lucas Rod chasing after the football, Bunker going with her, Lucas Rod has it, swings around, Malloy going up in the contest versus Courtney Jones Malloy got it out the back went with a hand pass under pressure trying to take on Fowler Fowler with a don't argue then goes towards the pockets straight kick and it was on is that Lambert? yes yep. indeed it wow. is she snuck around the back she actually jumped the fence drove the car two blocks <laughs> down then came in through the other entrance she has an uncanny ability just to find herself free and find herself in the right spot and that's exactly what she's done there she knows how to disappear and then reappear. That doesn't help when it comes to her shout, does it, at the bar? Does she uh, pull this trick and... <laughs> yes. Chops is your shout. Where's Chops? Uh, as Jamie Lambert comes in, 25 metres out, very tight angle, has just pushed across the face. Is there a mark on the line? I think there is. The umpire's paid it. And now there's a... Ch- conversation going on here. Lee wanted to play on. The umpire says you've got to come back on your tight angle. So Caitlin Lee will be looking for her second goal. The mark was outside the goal square so that puts her on the tight angle. I don't think Peter Sir will be happy with uh, Collingwood taking a mark right on the line like that. It's a bit of a no-no. You want your defenders punching those through. Caitlin Lee comes in couple of steps and makes the goal umpire work makes make the boundary umpire work it's clip the left hand point post out of bounds on the full Meg it just seems like both sides have their opportunity to really light up this third quarter and they both haven't made the most of it yeah absolutely I mean obviously you see um, Kate McCarthy down one end and and Jamie Lambert uh, down the other end so you just got to take your opportunities so Collingwood leading in the third term. Ten minutes gone so far. The umpire comes in. We'll have a ball up at half back for the Southern Saints. Uh, anti, anti-density anybody? <laughs> 50 metres from the Collingwood goal. Benici got a handball to Davey. Got the handball back. Ball around the corner inside 50. Won't find any opponent. Bounces the way of McDonald for the Saints and she plays it out just towards the outer wing. In pursuit is Bucken of the of the Magpies and she'll play it in, back inside 50. Again, great kick looking for Lee. Out of her hands. Picked up by Lambert. Her kick was smothered and Goyle will get the crumbs. Kick inside to the hot spot now. Won't find a player. Chasing in is Fitzpatrick of the Southern Saints. Xenos is there. Drennan, she couldn't get clean possession in the forward pocket. Jones plants herself on top of the footy and we'll have a ball up in the forward pocket for the Southern for the Magpies, sorry. Let's see if we can break play up here. Leighton to go up in the contest. Virtually unopposed against Watt. Took a straight out of it. Went with a kick around the corner. Gattridge over around the football. Going through there was Alison Brown. Got the hand pass out. Now the hurry kick away. Xenos tried to trap it. It just came off her feet and went 20 metres forward. 35 metres out here from the Collingwood goal. Ball is on the deck. No one can get clean hands on the pill. And the umpire blows the whistle and calls for a ball up. Let's get some thoughts on Phoebe McWilliams. Oh, I feel like the game's lifted intensity at the first 10 minutes of the second half. Um, no no standout team, so 
Yeah, just really enjoying watching the contest, to be honest. Here comes Xenos, who flies away from 45 metres out. Two Saints players collide. It comes off their hands. Ball hit the deck. Coming through with those Doherty. Can't get the football out. Watching on is Drennan. And once again, we'll call for another ball up 20 metres out from the Pies' goal. Collingwood still leaning in the third quarter. 10 metres from the Collingwood goal. Watt just slaps it down. No player got clean possession. Handball by Brown. Couldn't find a player. It's wrapped up again. Alexander ends up with it. Underground handball to Malloy. Into the path of Lagoya. Her kick towards goal was smothered. And will maybe run over the boundary line. Yes. Just thought they'd kept it in. Jamie Lambert was lurking and will have a so, ball in in the forward pocket. So if that was me, I wouldn't be trying to keep the ball in in a back pocket with Jamie Lambert on my tail. That is spelling danger. So ball in now in the forward pocket for the Magpies. Watt won the tap down into the path of Davey. Phillips stole it off her. Drennan, she ran through, dropped the football, but got the tackle on her opponent. Work it's back to half-back now. But we'll have another ball up. 5-2-32, Collingwood leading the Southern Saints. 3-3-21, 12 minutes gone in this third quarter. Ball up now, Leighton and Watt. Watt, one her own tap, got a handball over her shoulder, but only as far as Zenos. She was dispossessed. Benici picked the ball up and she was dived on directly on the zero of the 50. So the ball hasn't moved very far and it's still in Magpie territory. Might be an opportunity to get some thoughts down on the boundary line from Paul Sebastiani. Yeah, every time I look to each bench, they're all on the edge of their seats and Phoebe spoke about the pressure really going up here and you can feel it in the crowd as well. Everyone on the edge of their seats and the fingernails are being chewed down to the bare bone. As the umpire takes the football back to reset for another ball up. Watt versus Leighton in this contest. Watt went crashing into Leighton. Leighton hit the ground and immediately hit the deck in pain. Maybe a knee to the gut. We'll get Paul Sebastiani keep an eye on that. As Jones comes through, in goes Davey. Immediately dropped the football. Ball they cry. No play on. Here goes uh, Drennan. He got the hand pass off. Originally through Johnson. Went to now Phillips. Phillips going to the one-on-one. Looking for Sheilor. Ball floated away from her. Sheilor pushing and shoving with her Collingwood opponent. Close towards the boundary line. That player is Porter. Porter under all kinds of pressure. Sheila sent her over the boundary line. Bucket with support. And the ball goes over and out. They ask for deliberate. The umpire ain't paying it. Sheila did really well then. Um, she was free. She had an open 50 and they kicked it, unfortunately, not to her advantage. But she still made a contest and kept the ball down the end. And Leighton is still down now. She's finally getting up. Paul Sebastiani will have an update for us soon. Coming away with a hand pass there is Molly McDonald across to Kate McCarthy, whose kick has ricocheted off the body and then comes through Bree Davy. Hand pass off to Brittany Benici. They work it towards the Dockland side of the ground, looking for Gemma Lagoya. Lagoya now with the football. Got around Telly Lucas Rod. Went up towards the half fourth flank position. Juggling, 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 juggling. Not paid there to Clara Fitzpatrick. Crowd not happy about that, and they're letting it be known. Coming away there almost with a little trip is Isabel Shannon. Surely a trip, the umpire says yes, and ironically brings it back taking away the advantage of the kick up the line. Yeah, the Saints got their handball uh, game going on there and they're able to get a nice inside 50 entry. So, you know, get the hands, use the width, use each other to get the result. Strong wind is back at Northport Oval. Can feel it in the grandstand. Leighton's back up and just pushed Drennan off the footy into the path of Davey. Davey went wide to the outer wing. Kick was good. I think it's Lambert again on out there on that centre wing. She's holding up the play, goes inboard again and finds Bucken. So Ch- Bucken. Changing lanes. Changing lanes. So 
Bucket on the edge of the centre square. She looks to go inboard again. Goes inside 50. Leighton doesn't fly. Watt gets a tap down. Fowler couldn't get clean possession. Leighton puts her body on the line. Manages at the ball. Handball out the back like a scrum. Players just falling over everywhere. And we'll have the umpire just circling. And we'll go down to Paul Spastiani. Yeah, I think Shani Layton's just done a Lazarus there. She looked like she was out for the count. She's back up and about. Um, and just with the weather conditions, a wind just starting to pick up a little bit towards that uh, right-hand side of your dial. So Erica Fowler got a handball out, but it was picked off by the Saints. Phillips gets a kick up the centre of the ground. Kate McCarthy should have taken the chest mark. Got a kick around the body towards goal. Bouncing, bouncing. Won't even go towards the, over the line for a point. Out to the forward pocket on the boundary line umpire will come through and there'll be a throw in it in the right forward pocket for St Kilda. Great use of the body there by Kate McCarthy. You can exactly see what she wants. She wants it over the back to run on to, to kick a goal which she had the opportunity of doing but you know that's that's her tactic. Push him under the ball. Well, throwing back into play, brought down by the G-training, Greiser. Mackey tried to run onto the football. Mackey goes again for a second effort. Greiser's out the side of that, can get it to it. Ferguson goes to ground, brought the football with her. Ferguson can't extract the football. In goes Davy as well. The umpire blows the whistle for a ball up. Some thoughts from Phoebe McWilliams? I feel like Emma Mackey's going to do one of her signature goals at an important time. The, I called it. There you are. The 18 and a half minute mark of the third quarter was called there by Phoebe McWilliams. Safety Casey comes through. She's dropping the football. G-O-E-E. God, guess who brought her down? Mackie. But now Mackie is on the ground feeling a bit worse for wear. And the umpire is stopping the clock. So we had Leighton go down earlier, but she managed to get up Lazarus, as Paul Sebastiani said. And Paul might have to keep an eye here on Emma Mackie. Either way, if she takes a kick or not, she's earned a shot on goal here for the Southern Saints. Take your time. Just take your time. Get your breath back. Measure it up. Put it through. As she gets the football back and says she's okay. Does remind me of when Richmond had that shot on goal after the siren, which was always going to be difficult, 50 out. When the player went down, as we said, the tactic should have been that Sabrina should have stood next to the player and just said, no, 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 golf on a stretcher, golf on a stretcher, and I'll take the kick. <laughs> As in comes Emma Mackey. And Phoebe McWilliams is a genius. (laughs) Do I get a pay rise? (laughs) Emma Mackey has her goal and has just tightened things up here. In the third quarter, it is Collingwood 5-2-32, the Southern Saints 4-3-27. Meg Hutchins absolutely, and Phoebe. Absolutely. Phoebe called it there. You know, I think um, you know, she can either pull a goal out of just throwing it on the boot and doing Emma Mackey things, or she can put that defensive pressure on. You know, cause some tackles, put the pressure on the pies deep in their forward line, and um, yeah, really, really important goal for the Saints. And that's what St Kilda would have recruited her for, is to lift at those important times and, and give them that edge when they need it and that's exactly what they needed then and that goal has kept them in the game so it's only a goal separating both teams now what in the middle gets a tap away to phillips phillips directly into inside 50 for mccarthy over her head we cleared by curly who just slips a tackle gets a handball in hope finds davy who slips another tackle and gets a kick towards the broadcast wing looking for can it won't get to her it'll be out of bounds and with the last kick in rule will go the way of tilly lucas rod 
Only a minute to go in this quarter. She goes short up the line looking for O'Neill. Good kick. O'Neill swings. Plays it inside 50 looking for Sedgendry. She gets the ball to ground. Emma Mackey's running through. But the Pies, they'll manage to keep in front and over the line. Kate Sheelaw appealing for deliberate. But I don't think she will get it. 50 seconds to go in this quarter. Only a goal separating each team. The umpire sets himself just about 45 metres from the Southern Saints goal. Can Phoebe predict something again? (laughs) (laughs) It's only 39 seconds, so it'll be pretty tough for them, but it'll be very handy going into the last quarter. Fowler won the tap down into the path of Lucas Rod, who goes to ground, tries to get a handle at the back to Mackie. The umpire says, let's have a ball up. Right on the 50, the Southern Saints goal. Players slow to get up. Umpire gets the ball now. It'll be Watt and Fowler. Watt comes through. She punches the ball inside 50 into the path of Vesely. Vesely's kick was smothered. Couldn't get clean possession of Davy. Her handball was slapped away. Got it back. Got a handball to Lambert. And Lambert, her kick was smothered into the path of Johnson. She gets a handball to O'Neill, who just had a handball over the top looking for Lucas Rod. She was tackled, and Lambert will play it up the broadcast wing. So Casey and Malloy spoil each other, and Watt just slaps it forward. Tilly Lucas Rod's kick was smothered, and now Davy will send it back up the wing on the broadcast side. It's going to dribble over the boundary line, but it was reached by Lauren Butler first and tapped over the line, so we'll have a throw-in. I think we're going a bit over 20 minutes for time with um, Emma Mackey going down before Pete. As the umpire will throw the ball back into play, five-point lead to Collingwood. We're between centre wing and half-forward flank for the Pies. Conditions overcast with one or two spits of rain now. As the siren sounds, it is three-quarter time. We got the close one here in the preliminary final. It is five points the difference. Collingwood lead. Uh, Paul Sebastiani, we might just get some quick thoughts for you as you uh, go down to the huddle. I see the Brolly's out. Yeah, absolutely. It's starting to spit down a little bit as well. So I'm going to head down to the Saints huddle. They're, they're right back in this one and uh, crowd's up and about here for a close one. Let's get some thoughts. Let's first of all begin with Meg Hutchins. Yeah, interesting quarter that one. Really interesting. I felt like the Saints got it back on their terms there. Got their, their handball game going, sharing possession, um, you know, switching lanes, changing lanes and getting some nice, nice entries into the forward line. So, yeah, really, really uh, pleasing to see the Saints come out with that intent. Um, obviously, would have been a lot closer. So, I mean, they probably would have been in front had Kate McCarthy kicked that goal. I won't dwell on it, but, um, you know, really really took their chances and and, uh, and started playing some really good Saints footy, which Pete spoke about before the game. So, yeah, really, really pleasing to see that. Um, you know, Collingwood, I saw Sophie Alexander do a few good things. Got Kept it in their forward line for a long amount of time there. Um, got some opportunities too. So, yeah, we've got a good game on our hands. Maybe McWilliams. Yeah, I think the, the Saints came out and, and started playing at another level that we haven't seen them play so far today and and um, they just held the ball up, tackling pressure, pressure, pressure and towards the end of the quarter they were able to capitalise on that and put some scores on the board. So um, I think they'll be uh, feeling pretty good even though they don't have the wind in the last quarter. They've got the momentum and they, they can hopefully run on with it. Um, but for the Magpies, I think Bree Davey, she needs to get that composure back. She did a couple of quick kicks out of the 50 that just turned over. Just get the composure, hold up the ball and chip it round like they were doing in the first half. Goal kickers at three-quarter time with Lucy Watkin. Jamie Lambert has two for the Magpies. Nicola Zenos, Gemma Lagoya 
and Caitlin Lee all with one. And for the Southern Saints, all singles to Emma Mackey, Darcy Guttridge, Caitlin Greiser and Kate Sheilor. As we go to the three-quarter time break, a score on this thought. Collingwood 5-2-32, lead the Southern Saints 4-3-27. Collingwood with a slight breeze in the final quarter. But remember, this is Collingwood's fourth final at North Port Oval and they're yet to win a final at this ground. The Breakfast Club's Inner Sanctum. Hey, good morning, Vance. Morning, huh? Taking you inside the club's champion finals footy. I think inside, within sort of all of us, there's definitely a different, just a different feel. And everyone's sort of quick to jump on, you know, it's finals. You want to embrace that sort of feeling. You know, it's been a couple of years for us from being in this position, so it's, it's definitely good to be back and planning for it. Take the journey to the 2019 Premiership in the Breakfast Club's Inner Sanctum. Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday on RSM 927's Breakfast Club. WorkSafe's advisory service is now open longer. To report an incident or ask advice, call 1-800-136-089, 7.30am till 6.30pm, Monday to Friday. Spring is when country racing really gets going. And right now you can save $10 on every general admission ticket with our early bird offer. A saving of $10, the early bird really does get the worm. Go with your friends or go with your family. But go now to get your GA tickets for $10 off before they all... Go, go, go. I can feel this day. I can see this day. Racing.com forward slash spring to save ten dollars on a day that's got it all. You're okay. Just did it because he likes you. Don't try like a girl, mate. Violence against women starts with disrespect. The excuses we make allow it to grow. Violence against women. Let's stop it at the start. When it's time to grow your small business, a loan from On Deck can get you on your way. On Deck Group are the small business loan specialists with over 10 billion US dollars already lent to 80,000 small businesses globally. On Deck say yes to small business. The application can be completed in minutes, approved in hours, and you could have the funds in your account as early as the next business day. So if it's time to grow your small business, apply now at On Deck. All loans are subject to lender approval. RSN Carnival 2 is the Seen Carnival 2, WARFradio.com and the VFL app. This is the Swiss Wellness VFL Women's Match of the Day. It's the VFLW Preliminary Final. Collingwood 5-2-32. The Southern Saints 4-3-27 at three-quarter time. For the loser, that is it. Your season is done. For the winner, a date with the Western Bulldogs next week in the Grand Final at... Uh, Princess Park. And let me actually just pose the, the question very quickly to both Meg Hutchins and Phoebe McWilliams that are with us. Of course, you won the grand final last year on what is now known as Marvel Stadium. Uh, what do you actually prefer? Because you've played at Princess Park with AFLW. Do you prefer playing under on a big occasion, a grand final, playing under the roof of Marvel Stadium, or playing at a more intimate venue like Princess Park? Well, I think, I mean, as a player, you want to play on the best grounds available. Yeah. And to be honest, I think Marvel Stadium is that. Um, What you also get at Marvel is that you get... Uh, uh, fair conditions. Mm. No wind is going to play the part. It's the best team yeah. and the best um, style of football that's going to win the game. So, I mean, you can, you know, toss and turn. Do you want the traditional style local football or do you want a demonstration of the best um, style of football possible? So, I mean, I think both both grounds are great, um, but I'd prefer to play on under the, under the roof because I'm a fair weather footballer. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to say I'm exactly the same as a tall marking forward. <laughs> but the 
idea of not having any rain uh, is ideal. So, I, and it, and it adds to the occasion too to be playing in this stadium that's got forty thousand seats. It's really exciting, and, and I think yeah, I'd probably prefer to play there. We'll get Paul Sebastiani shortly, but let's lead off now with Lucy Watkin. Re Watt into the ruck against Leighton as we start this fourth term. Leighton with the tap down. In pursuit is Malloy. She was held off it by Phillips. Managed to get a defensive handball back to Davey who went backwards again to Benici. And Benici goes inside 50 over the head of Lucas Rod, but into the path of Jamie Lambert. She just stops props and gets the handball off to Bucken and she goes inside towards the goal square. Great defensive mark taken there by Re Watt. Back in defensive 50. She's looking for options. Goes the handball to Lucas Rod in the pocket. Lucas Rod's kick, though, was off the side of the boot and out of bounds on the full. And we'll be going the way of Zenos. So just about 45 from Collingwood's goal. She puts it into the hot spot. Big outnumber for the Saints here. Goes through hands and Guttridge plays it over. And we'll have another ball in in that right forward pocket. Paul, what did you hear down at the, in the Saints huddle? Yeah, so Peter Searle, you could see there just Tilly Lucas Rod. They want to move the ball quickly at any cost at the moment. So um, you can just see that their intensity is obviously going to rise. But um, yeah, moving the ball forward at any cost, whether it's by hand or foot and going to the one-on-ones at every stage. Ball is thrown back into play. Here's Jamie Lambert in the pocket. Tries to bend it back. Minus score, an even goal, the difference. Remember earlier I talked about the draw? 5 3 33 Collingwood, Southern Saints 4 3 27. Conditions are ripe for it as we wait for the ball to come back in from fullback. Saints will go for a run and then, oh, Lambert did the smothering work to turn it over. Lagoya, her kick was cut off though. There's Guttridge at the hand pass to Dutchy. Kaiser was caught. Umpire said play on. Cam with a hand pass over the top. Zenos is lurking there if they can get the ball out to it. Guttridge wanted to go in for a crack at it. Hurry kick around the corner by Clara Fitzpatrick to try and get out of the fence. Malloy coming up the football. Had to get through heavy traffic. Thought about the hand pass. Then went with a kick for Benici. Benici takes the mark above her head. 55 metres out from goal. Looking for some options in the forward line. Elects to go for the hotspot 25 metres out from goal. Hands up by Fitzpatrick. Ball hit the ground. Little tap using the agency of McDonald. Umpire says unfairly dealt with. And free kick going the way of Alison Brown for the Saints at the halfback flank. Some thoughts from Meg Hutchins. Yeah, it's, it's sort of just feeling out a little bit at the moment. But yeah, you do want to get the ball moving quickly. But that still means you've got to hit a target, I think. So Brown up the line looking for Vesley. Just marks it on the line, keeps it in play. Olivia Vesley. She's looking at her options now. Looks in board. Doesn't decide to go. She's going to go up the broadcast wing. Looking for Shearlaw. Shearlaw was knocked out of her hands by Lagoya. She got around a player, got a handball to Zenos. Zenos' kick was smothered up towards half forward. Bounced over the head of Lucas Rod and Kai's. Need to see a little bit more from Courtney Munn here. Um, you know, it's just too too much has been left to Greiser and Shearlaw here. She really needs to step up her game and present a little bit more for her team. So just on the defensive side of the wing for St Kilda. Ball comes back in play. Watt tussles with Leighton. Leighton won the tap down. McCann got it on the half volley. Got a dubious handball back to Leighton, who got a grubber of a kick towards half forward. Tilly Lucas-Rod was immediately tackled by Nicola Zenos when she received the football. We'll have a ball up. A defensive at the halfback for St Kilda. Umpire looks for the nominating rucks. It's going to be Leighton and Watt. 
Ball is thrown up in the air. Leighton wins it down. Trying to put it down the throat there of David. Taken by Malloy, who went for distance with the kick. And it is marked there on the last line of defence by Clara Fitzpatrick. Originally out of Diamond Creek, then Melbourne University. Goes for the switch. Worked out OK, finding Alison Brown. In the back pocket on the Gelati Van side of the ground. L- looks for some options. Elects to go long. An early leap. Doesn't matter. Marquez for the Pies. And I think getting up there is Porter with a football. Elects to play on quickly on the right boot. Wants to go towards the forward pocket. Hands up. Hit the deck. Coming through bunker. Dispossessed. Lee Lucas Rod gave it across, got it to Brown who went in board. Now we're in the centre square, almost in the centre of the ground, getting it back there as oh Ferguson, I don't know what she was doing there, made a mess of that. There was Livingston as well, trying to kick it off the ground. Oh. Is Mackey in danger, according to the umpire, and a groan comes from the crowd. Not a great one to give away, but kick over the head was confused between Davy and Leighton. Lucky Davy was clean with the football, got a handball to Bucken. Bucken handball to herself, wrapped up and is gone. Phillips and Mackey doing the honours there on Bucken. So Mackey will get the free kick. Just on the broadcast wing, Emma Mackey. Goes short up the broadcast wing to Shearlaw. Shearlaw did well to get that on her chest. Plays on immediately. Onto the right boot. Goes inside 50. O'Neill just in front of her. Griser gets it out the back. Was tackled by Livingston. Got it off the deck. Into the path of McCarthy. She was in the goal square. Tussling the umpire. Just bringing it back. Bringing it back. I think to Jamie Lambert. Be going the way of Jamie Lambert of the Pies and 50. That's a big penalty. Jeez. What was that for? Do we know? Because I think did, did did McCarthy end up putting it through the goal afterwards? I think so. Yeah. So that's what the 50 would be for. So Lambert plays it towards the broadcast wing through the hands of Lagoya into the hands of Casey. Realised she had to go. Was tackled by Jones. Managed to keep her feet and the ball we going up the broadcast wing. Brown got it down to McDonald of the Southern Saints and they go up the broadcast wing now straight into the hands of Jamie Lambert at half back. At the moment six point lead to Collingwood. Six minutes gone in the final quarter of the preliminary final. Winner plays the Western Bulldogs next Sunday. Lambert taking her time. Gives off the hand pass. One step kick up the line. Very close to go. Senos just got cleaned up by her own captain in Grace Bucken. And you just heard it from the crowd as well. As the umpire comes in. It's a free kick to Collingwood out of this. Unless they had judged that Bucken got pushed into the player. That's unusual as Zenos goes up the line taken away here by Isabel Shannon goes long, Collingwood players have got back went through the hands there of uh, Butler, going through was Mackey who says get out of my way, nothing to go for so she puts the hook on it to go towards the pocket, trying to get there first is Fowler, here comes the G train gets her all wrapped up, in comes Sheila, ball cries the crowd umpire says in your boot I'm going to ball it up Phoebe McWilliams well, still no goal in, the, in this last quarter how exciting, it's been threatening at both ends but neither teams let one go through but St Kilda's got a really good opportunity here. Seven and a half minutes gone. Only a goal between each side. Ball up. 
Couldn't get clean possession either side. It goes over the boundary for a throw-in. So, so like inside 50s don't have to be pretty. Put it to space and then you know press on in. Create a stoppage, then create opportunities. Crowd getting very rowdy here in the grandstand at North Fort Oval. So we wait for the umpire to throw it in. Straight into the middle of the 50 for the Saints. No tap one. Vesely got a tap down only as far as Bree Davey. Her kick went high up and under, but Lee was there to take it for the Magpies. She goes up the ground, finds Malloy. Malloy holds it up, waiting for her team players to stream back. Just on the broadcast wing she is. She plays inside 50 towards the right pocket. Great kick and mark taken by Gemma Lagoya. She plays on. She was looking to send it towards the hot spot, but her kick was smothered brilliantly by Mal Kyes. It's spilled over the boundary and we'll have a ball in in the right half forward pocket inside 50 for the Magpies. That was smart play by Chloe Malloy. She saw that there was no one ahead of her, so she just held it up, looked for an opportunity. Unfortunately, it didn't come off, but they've still got a stoppage in their half, so that's pretty good. That's also the difference I'm seeing as well, is that um, the Saints are playing on, but playing on to almost nothing. So, you know, a bit of composure, a little bit of experience is paying off for the Pies here. Ball is thrown back into play. Kelly to it first. Benici put it on the left boot. Almost brought down Rain with that kick. And coming through is Clara Fitzpatrick to take the mark. Fitzpatrick with the football. Looks to her right. Goes with a chip kick. Works out okay to Kelly O'Neill. O'Neill still in defensive 50. Going up the line to find Dutchie Kais. Kais elects to go with a hand pass to Clara Fitzpatrick who worked up the line. Then went with a long kick. Lemmingston came out, elected to punch the football instead of going for the mark. Going close towards the boundary line. Drennan is chasing after it. Shevlin gives the don't argue. Then on the right boot, the Pies work it forward. Fitzpatrick got away from her. Trying to juggle it there is the player in Doherty. Doherty came back in board to Malone. It's a two-goal ball game in the preliminary final. Chloe Malloy with a snap from 35 outs. 6-3-39, the Pies, the Southern Saints, 4-3-27, Phoebe McWilliams. Yeah, that first goal was really important. They've been wrestling for 10 minutes, and now they've, they've, the Collingwood have put that score on the board. It's now out to 12 points, and you think that if that, that might give them the run from now on. If uh, Jamie Lambert doesn't get you, Chloe Malloy mm. will. You know, you put the ball in there, put pressure on the defenders, you know, just one step of space, and, and they'll both punish you. So that was a great finish by Chloe. As soon as it came off the boot, much like with Lambert, she, she knew it was straight through. 6-3, 39-4-3-27. The lead going the way of Collingwood. Ten minutes to go in this final quarter. Who will go on to play the Bulldogs next week? Kate, Catherine Phillips got it at the centre bounce. Dropped the ball. Free kick wasn't given. Kick inside 50. Found Courtney Munn. We were talking about her before. One of the Southern Saints players that needs to lift in this last quarter. She's going back, I think, for a shot. So she'll be kicking it from about 48 metres out. I think she's got the distance in her. It's just a question of the accuracy. The wind as well is blowing in the opposite direction. So Courtney Munn comes in, puts a bit of a turn, sends the ball. Not a great kick. Went to the top of the goal square. Sheilor flew. Couldn't get the mark. Vesely tapped it up into the path of Bree Davey. Bree Davey got a big high up and under kick. Molly McDonald of the Southern Saints dropped the ball on the 50. Managed to get the crumbs. Picks it up. Sends it towards goal. And it's gone through. That is magic from Molly McDonald. 
to cut the score down back to one goal. The Southern Saints are still in this game. I think I just had deja vu then, Hutch. Does that remind you of a goal that you've seen? Oh, two. Uh, <laughs> kick two goals just like that against us down at Trevor Barker Oval. Uh, she is a, fu- well, current, but future star of the game. Uh, been pre-listed by the Saints um, for the AFLW, and she is an absolute star. Um, hemmed in on the boundary, got one or two steps ahead of her opponent um, and just flushed it. That was an absolute, that was goal of the day for me. The question is, is it playing mind games now with the pies of we just can't shake the Saints? Yeah, potentially, potentially. You know, they, we just can't get rid of them. They're, they're still coming. Umpire throws the ball up in the middle of the ground. It's Leighton versus Kelly. Kelly knocked it down, got it back again. Wrapped up, though, by Leighton. Bree Davey immediately wrapped up. She's put into the ground. And the umpire will ask for the football back. Let's get some thoughts down on the boundary line with Paul Sebastiani. Come in, Paul. Yeah, in the... It's absolutely intensified down here on the boundary. Just uh, in the box of screen. And for this... Um, plenty going on down here and uh, game on. Absolutely is. Uh, the play has now found itself between centre wing and the half forward flank here for the Pies. All wrapped up and the umpire's going to call for a ball up. We'll reset play again. Johnson versus Casey has been moved on the ball as we watch that. Leighton tried to put it down Casey's throat. Then she kicked it around the corner. It dribbled inside 50. Awkward contest. Bodies went crashing through. McDonald's waiting off the side of the pack. Curly wants to try and jump in there as well. She can't get a hands on the footy. Umpire crosses himself. And gives the football for a ball up. Stoppages are absolutely gold here if you get a takeaway. Really, really important. You get a really good clean takeaway. Leighton had a kick smothered by Kai's. Got the Cali. The ball went out the back door. Hurry kick off the boot though. Towards in the long direction. He just tapped her hand and then oh, the shank kick out of the back line. Let all the work here for McDonald. Curly on a hammer. Oh. McDonald just cut the ball to herself. Then went up the line looking for Sheila. Sheila rejected Fowler. Lambert came through and cleaned up the mess though. Went with a hand pass back. Very very close against the boundary line. Lagoya right on the line. The umpire says it's a fair mark. Lagoya master marked it right on the boundary line. Goes inboard looking for Malloy over her head into the path of Caitlin Lee. Lee with the handball back to Malloy. Malloy couldn't grab it. McDonald gets it for the Saints and Lagoya just takes it over the boundary line almost like a try, a rugby try. Player down as well, Caitlin Lee. So Caitlin Lee slow to get up. The trainers are coming to her. They're just stopping the clock here, the umpires. Okay, Paul Sebastiani to have a look. Is that a, some type of leg injury? Mm. Left leg. So she's going to quickly come off and play. It will continue. Ball in. Attacking side of the broadcast wing for Collingwood. Strong wind heading in that direction. Callie, she got the tap, which was won by her opponent in Leighton. Her handball, though, went to the, in the path of Alison Brown, who just played them into the middle. Kate McCarthy couldn't take the mark, and now it's in the path of Shevlin for Collingwood. She takes a run and a bounce. Her kick, though, was a grubber along the, along the ground, inside 50. Fitzpatrick runs away with it for the Saints. Jar, no. It's going to be holding the ball. Great tackle there, inside 50 by Doherty. I thought she got a leg to that one. Yeah. Let's go down quickly to Paul Sebastiani. Yeah, Caitlin Lee's come straight down. On, yeah, and, she, and she's uh, getting a rub down on that left calf. I think she might have just uh, tweaked it as she uh, fell down there in the stoppage. Handy point going the way of Collingwood. 6 4 40, Southern Saints 5 3 33. 15 minutes gone in this last quarter. They need to use the ball here. They've got the ball in their hand, get possession, get territory. 
as they will come out of full back Isabel Shannon will go long and going in the Mackey direction out Mark from behind I just don't know if it was, I know they're under pressure but I don't know if it was wise to concede the point in this situation particularly when there's no time on as the kick is long towards Whoa. the top of the goal square. Waiting at the back is Kelly. And it will go through from on a score. Now the equation's virtually simple for the Saints. They have to kick two goals to win the game. Thoughts with Phoebe McWilliams? Well, they've only kicked five for the game, so it's a tough ask. Um, and into the wind as well. As the ball will come out from full back, going wide towards the Dockland side of the ground. Let's just repeat what we just did earlier. And Maddie Shevlin will say, yeah, I'll take a mark. <laughs> They had, had all the numbers out here, mm. you know, just swivel the eye, swivel the head and actually just hit up some small um, free targets and just get the ball slowly up to the other end. Now Collingwood's going <laughs> to milk the clock as much as they can. In comes Maddie Shevlin from on the paint, 50 metres out, lets it ride, goes towards the top of the square and it's landed at the back. Strong grab from Chops. She's between the goalpost and right-hand point post. She'll run around here. Jamie Lambert just trying to point where the space should be. She wants as much space as possible. Will it be the finger or the double cobra if she gets this? (laughs) Maybe the the double cobra. In she comes. On the left boot. Falls over. Runs to her teammate. Says, get around me. Collingwood are going to the grand final. They'll play the Western Bulldogs next week at Princess Park. And with about uh, three minutes to play, Collingwood 7-5-47 lead the Southern Saints 5-3-33, Meg Hutchins. Yeah, there's Jamie Lambert again. Disappears and then pops up exactly where the ball's going to land. She's incredibly smart. She knows exactly where she needs to be. Um, And, uh, yeah, just sealed the deal there for the Pies. They're into the big dance. So they're just waiting on their ruck person, the Saints, Moran and Ward making a way off the bench and into the centre up against Leighton Watt won the tap down into the direction of Leighton, Mackey got the ball when it hit the deck but ran past it, Benici was there to collect it but she was wrapped up by Watt and will have another stoppage just next to the centre circle so comes out the way of Davy. Davy kick was affected and it goes into the path of McDonald. She gets the ball cleanly on the bounce and was absolutely poleaxed by two Collingwood players. Brown handball to Shannon. She quickly got a handball away under pressure to Vesely. Vesely did the same towards Brown. Brown had three Collingwood players jump on top of her and will have a ball up on the defensive side of the wing for the Southern Saints. 60 metres from Collingwood's goal. Yeah, big finals like this, experience shows. You know, the, the big names of the Pies are standing up here. Leighton won the tap down towards half forward. McDonald, though, picks it off for the Southern Saints. Going to handball to Lucas Rod. Kick inboard wasn't marked by Mackey, but taken away by Shannon. Shannon's kick was affected and actually went inside 50 for the Pies. Fitzpatrick cleans it up for the Saints. Handball was picked off by Lagoya. She runs towards the boundary, gets a kick towards the goal square. Lambert was there, couldn't get a mark. Dispossessed Guttridge. Guttridge will come away with a kick, sending it towards centre-half back. Over the head of... 
uh, Mackey into the path of Vesely. Vesey's high up and under kick was calm bent down by Leighton. Coming through again, Lagoya handball back to Hales. Hales dropped the ball. We've got a handball back to Bucken. Bucken sends it inside 50. No mark taken. Can was there. Doherty was there. Lucas Rod, though, will get the clearing kick towards half forward. Mark not taken by Munn. Benici, she gets wrapped up by Caitlin Greiser, taken to ground and will have a ball up 60 metres from the Collingwood goal. 40 seconds to play officially on the clock, plus there was a little bit of stoppage time, so probably about a minute or so, I reckon, to go. Leighton tapped it, straight down the throat throw of Vesely, one step, kicked it up the line, punched away, Malloy happy to see it over, and we'll call for a ball in. Here at North Port Oval, the sun is shining down on the Collingwood Magpies. They will be at Princess Park next Sunday to take on the Western Bulldogs. They just have to play out time here. Watt versus Leighton in the ruck. Leighton wins it down. Kaiser the football first. Try to defend off Britt Benici, and Britt Benici says you shall not pass. As the siren sounds at North Port Oval... The Collingwood Magpies are going to the grand final. 7-5-47, defeating the Southern Saints 5-3-33. We'll have some post-match interviews coming up. We're on here at 2 o'clock. We hope to have Chloe Malloy and possibly Bree Davey join us up here in the uh, broadcast position. But before we get some thoughts, Lucy Watkin, goal kickers at full time. Chloe Malloy, Nicola Zenos, Gemma Lagoya and Caitlin Lee all with singles for the Collingwood Magpies but Jamie Lambert was the star with three. Singles for all goal kickers for the Southern Saints, Emma Mackey, Molly McDonald, Darcy Guttridge, Caitlin Greiser and Kate Shearlaw. Well, what a game. Phoebe McWilliams and Meg Hutchins. As, as we said in the third quarter, we're just waiting for one side to break it open. In the final quarter, the Pies got that two-goal lead. Then Molly McDonald responds. And finally, the cream rises to the top. Jamie Lambert says this game is over. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I've always been a firm believer that your, your bottom six players, um, you know, can... can sort of have a really big say on the actual result of the game but when it comes to finals if your top six are that much better than the uh, than the opposition's top six and I'm talking about your AFLW players um, you know, the, the, the cream does rise to the top and your Lamberts uh, your, your Malloys, your Bree Davies they weren't going to let this one slip um, and they were, they were outstanding for their team today, you know Lambert kicks three again oh, against the Saints um, you know and, and they were just really really good today for their team I think there was a, a passage of play just out here on the wing and you, you called Lambert to Davey to Benici um, they are such good players and any team um, with those those three in them are just going to be very hard to stop and that was the case today and, and St Kilda to their credit they were they kept with them and all the way up until the last quarter maybe midway through um, but yeah like you said Jamie Lambert um, was probably the difference in the end and yeah did that thing that she likes to do where she just pops up and kicks a couple of goals and that goal on her left was a beautiful finish um, yeah and it's fitting that she sealed the game for them 
I can see Morgan Doherty just jumping up and down, uh, pumping the fist with excitement. The Collingwood Cheer Squad out there with the flags as well. This means a lot for the Pies, particularly last year after the straight sets, after you got them in the semi-final with the Hawks, and then the Cats knocked them off in the preliminary final. They have beaten the Saints twice in this finals campaign, once at Victoria Park in the qualifying final, and here now in the preliminary final as they get cheered off the ground. And uh, what will this mean, particularly, uh, Phoebe, for your St Kilda Sharks teammate in Penny Kula reed Last year was the VFLW uh, Coach of the Year for the Team of the Year, but knocked out in straight sets. Now, finally, she gets to lead this side to the grand final. Yeah, I'm stoked for Penny and, and, and the Sharks girls. I saw Bree Davey and Britt Benici both played at the Sharks embrace after that final siren. Um, there's Casper, who's one of the assistant coaches. There's a few Sharks in there that we didn't, um, unfortunately, make a grand final um, when we played together at the Sharks, so for them to make it um, now, I, I feel really proud um, for them and happy for them, and I um, yeah, we'll be cheering for Sharks girls next weekend. And what does it mean also for the Collingwood Football Club in general? There was a few bumps along the way. They've had big game moments, of course. Meg, you played in the biggest moment of all, that first game ever of AFLW in 2017. Um, they haven't had the success yet at AFLW levels. We said last year, knocked out in straight sets. Now the Pies faithful get to roll out and go to a grand final next week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's it's no um, no secret that the, the Collingwood Football Club craves success and, and they want success and they demanded as well. So, yeah, well or not, that, that pressure affected them um, last year heading into the final series. We, we'll never know, but, um, you know, it's really, really important for, for the, the club, but I would say more so for the women's program to actually show that, you know, they're legitimate. It gives them, um, you know, real, probably wouldn't want to say credibility, but, you know, to an extent, credibility as well that they're, you know, they're really, really important to the fabric of the club. Um, you know, they run professionally and, and you know, they, they play a really good brand of football, um, you know, particularly today, you know, so it's, it's really, really important for the club and, um, you know, I'm sure that they're going to have the cheer squad out next week. Is it on Saturday, Sunday next week? It is on Sunday next week. So, you know, you might have the, the AFL team potentially uh, win, the, win their way through to a grand final on Saturday afternoon, twilight, and, and then you would hope um, that you'd have the, the full cheer squad turn out the next day. Absolutely, particularly with the uh, only 24,000 capacity uh, Icon Park. Let's hope that they start to uh, pack it out. And uh, again, you know, they can hold their head high, the Southern Saints. Only their second year as a team in this VFLW competition. Still building to, to, to AFLW. Just a few more things go right for them, and who knows, they would have been in the grand final. But I guess a lot of positives, particularly for their younger players, to take out as they debut next year in AFLW. Absolutely. You know, as Pete said, she has a very, very young list in their VFLW program and, and heading into AFLW. So, you know, games like this, um, you know, you, you find out a little bit more about particular players. You know, obviously, I spoke about Molly McDonald. Um, you know, big occasions, you know, she rises and, and produces something pretty special. So, yeah, she would have learned a, a huge amount more about her team today um, and I think it'll set them in good stead long term as well for the, for the future of their women's program so yeah pretty exciting pretty exciting for, this, for the Saints Let's cross to Paul Sebastiani who's uh, down amongst the crowd yeah, big, big scenes from uh, Kyle. All the f- all family members and friends were down there as well, and uh, the coaches were pretty quick to call them inside the rooms to hurry up and sing the song. So I think um, they knew that Chloe was going to come up here and uh, do an interview, so they wanted to get her, her on air straight away, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. Love your work on that. Um, Lucy Watkin, 
the matchup next week, Collingwood and the Western Bulldogs. Uh, this is our first question on it. Can the Pies turn the tables on the Doggies? Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of the Western Bulldogs play, actually. And I did come to the game last week between uh, Western Bulldogs and Collingwood, and it was similar to the first final against Saints in that they really had to grind it out, um, low scoring, uh, but Bulldogs got one in the end. But Collingwood just were very, very inaccurate and accurate in their kicking that week as well. So I think if Collingwood can, you know, be better than one goal eight or one goal nine, I think it was in that game. They probably will, I think, have the chocolates against the Western Bulldogs, but we mentioned in the pre-game, the Western Bulldogs won that game without Ali Blackburn and Hannah Scott and, you know, Deanna Berry and all of those players. It'll be interesting to see what sort of team they put into the grand final. You're talking about, actually, just then with Collingwood and their goals. I'm just doing a bit of quick math. Uh... Collingwood have kicked 11 goals over three games and more than half of them have come from Jamie Lambert. Yeah, well, she didn't win the league goal-kicking for no reason. Um, And, you know, you may as well rename her the difference because she really is the biggest difference really out there. You know, in two of the finals games I've seen, um, she's been the difference to to the result. So, um, yeah, she's an absolute superstar and and the Bulldogs are going to have to make sure they get that match-up absolutely spot-on next week. Otherwise, uh, the result will be gone. If you're in the shoes of Sean Kavanagh and you're coaching the Western Bulldogs uh, next week, well, we mentioned at the top of the program about the, the, their best six players. They really haven't played for most of the year. Played very little game time for the Bulldogs. If you see that Collingwood are stacked with Lambert, with Davey, with Leighton, uh, you know, etc., and boy. Are you tempted to pull the trigger and go, okay, we need to bring, even though she hasn't played finals, we need to bring in Ali Blackburn. We need to counter this. Or do you just go, no, we've gone this philosophy of not using them. We're going to stick to our guns. Yeah, that's a tricky one because obviously the the team that they've been playing with have more matches under their belt and they're more um, seasoned for footy and they'll be ready to go. Whereas if um, Ali Blackburn's missed quite a few games, um, uh, she mightn't be... Uh, well, and to bring her back into for a grand final, that's a huge occasion. So um, the, the player of her experience, um, as she's the captain of the AFL women's team, I think she'd just take that in her stride. But um, even if... I would I would play her just for her leadership, if anything. Particularly because they missed... And they won in the semi-final, mind you. They were missing Michaela Ward, who had um, a knee issue and bruising all up her knee. So if Ward doesn't get up... Is that even more an incentive to go, OK, we're down our VFLW captain, so let's substitute in the AFLW captain? Yeah, well, what a handy substitute to have in your, in your corner. Um, and why wouldn't you, if there's a space available, bring in one of the best players in the competition? Um, you'd be silly not to. And and like I said, her leadership and, and what she brings to her team will be greater than just her game um, on the day. Um, she'll bring a level of experience that um, the Bulldogs, as a, a younger, inexperienced side, will probably need. I guess we'll probably tell you a little bit more about where they see their VFLW program fitting in in the, in the bigger scheme of things as well. So, you know, we spoke pre-game about, you know, is it a risk playing a lot of these players a la the uh, Chloe Malloy issue we had last year? Um, so, you know, we might sort of see where uh, the Bulldogs are at with their VFLW program and where they sort of see it fitting. Um, you know, are they actually going to actually try and win this thing? Obviously, they want to win it, but do they win it with their VFLW listed players and the team that have done it has done it for them for most of the year or do they 
put a few players aside that have done all the work throughout the whole year for an Ellie Blackburn. It's a, it's a really tricky question and it's a really tricky uh, decision there for, for the coach and the selection committee. Particularly with the Bulldogs when it comes to a lot of those younger players because the multitude of draft picks they've got early in the draft you've also got that thought in the back of your mind do you want to see how these BFLW listed players and under 18s react under this pressure because they will be your potential early draft picks. Yeah, you'd be watching them for sure. Um, yeah, the Bulldogs are fortunate that they've got a few early draft picks and uh, I'm not sure where they'll use them, if they're going to promote from within or if they're going to look externally or, or go from, um, you know, the under-18 national side. Who knows? But, um, yeah, it is a good opportunity and, and playing in grand final, like my first grand final was last year, it's such a different experience and, and I feel so lucky for all those girls that get to play next week. It'll be such a good day. Courtesy of the connection through the Homesland Sports Media Degree course because they just happen to be in the same class, which is just happens to be handy. Uh, Paul Sebastiani is about to hand over the uh, headsets very shortly to her to his classmate in Chloe Malloy. She's been doorstopped all the way up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Signing autograph after autograph. And she joins us now here on WARFradio.com, RSN Carnival 2 and the VFL app. Chloe Malloy, thank you very much for joining us here post-game. Congratulations, you're through to a grand final. Yes, thank you. It sounds good to hear twice. How does it feel to be here about 12 months later? It was sad news for you last uh, last time you were here, and that's when you did that injury against Geelong. To now be full circle, after that AFLW season, you're back, you're fresh, fully fit, ready to go at it full steam next week. Yeah, it's pretty awesome to see how far I've come. Um, last week... I felt sick before the game, and my first possession was almost uh, in the same spot that I um, did the injury. But, yeah, it was a long um, rehab, but uh, it's been awesome to get out there and tick the legs over and uh, injury-free and into the big dance. You adapted really well, I thought, to this game. There was changing conditions the whole way through. What was sort of the messaging on the field or off-field from Penny? Yeah, so the wind was pretty strong in the first couple of quarters, and then it died down. Um, We just wanted to get dangerous and kind of look corridor, and then if it is going um, against the wind, we just wanted to, you know, nullify what they were able to do, and um, we went one-on-one across the ground, and um, yeah, just try to be attacking um, in a defensive way as well, so it it clearly worked, and we got the job done. Hello, Chloe. How are you today? Hello, Hutchie. Didn't see you there. (laughs) Under my hat. Congratulations, mate. Um, So I I did say earlier, if if Jamie Chops Lambert doesn't get you, Chloe Malloy will. What's that little relationship that you guys have got going on down there? It's either... One or, one or the other down there in the forward line wreaking havoc. It must be pretty enjoyable. Oh, she is one of the best players I've ever seen. Um, I'm pretty sure she eats a footy for breakfast, lunch and dinner. <laughs> She's just a freak. And having her down in the 50 and then be able to swap um, to the midfield with her. And we've, we've grown a relationship off the field, which I think is showing on the field. And um, I think, you know, the duo that we've got there is just dangerous for any side come in. And then we bring Bree Davey in. And, you know, we, yeah, Sedge tagged today, but she can't tag three of us. So it's just awesome to have so many players that can go out there and impact in the forward line and then come and do that in the same midfield. So, Does, does she speak much now or is she um, still pretty quiet and pretty humble? She was pretty yappy out there today, <laughs> but um, I think it's a little bit of white line fever, Hachi. She gets yeah. off the field and she's uh, quiet as ever. But, yeah, I've actually loved playing against her and her game's really grown and it's good for confidence for her coming into the AFRW.
AEW season. And look, if we could bet, I'd probably put money on that she kicks three next week. <laughs> G'day, Chloe. Um, well done today. Congratulations. Thank you, Phoebs. Um, I noticed, I remember playing against you last year, and I felt like you had a, a really tough job. You were in the middle, you were playing forward. Um, now you're able to share that sort of roles and responsibility with Jamie Lambert and Bree Davey. Tell us what Bree Davies brought to your team. Yeah, just having her in, so she was meant to come in last week, but um, she niggles and she unfortunately had to pull out late. It just, she's the kind of player, and you probably understand that when she's on the field, it just, I don't know, for some reason, you just lift. She's a player that you want to play for, and when, you know, it's not going well, and, and you, you almost feel like you, you don't want to upset her, like you don't want to disappoint her. Um, so bringing her, it just brings the confidence and all, and she, her voice out there is, is just awesome. It's comforting to know that as, when Davey's in there, you know, you're always going to have talk, she's always going to have your back, and just that leadership that she brings it just takes it to a whole nother level, so pretty privileged to play with someone like her. Chloe, how do you feel having gotten through the season after the injury last year? Has it been hard for you, or have you really enjoyed it? And obviously, does it make you feel a lot better making it into a grand final as well? Oh, yeah. Um, especially after the, you know, we mentioned it all the time. You know, we went out in straight sets last year, and that was um, pretty embarrassing for us as a club, and for us to turn around this year and make it into the big dance finally. Unfortunately, the game against the Doggies didn't go our way, but um, Saints put on a really good shot there today, and um, we were just able to, you know, get those inside 50s and convert that um, but personally it's just been awesome to be able to tick the legs over um, you know it's another hurdle that I jumped last week coming to this oval it was second week of finals same oval so it was all just a little bit of deja vu and um, to get finish that game was kind of just a big big relief. Uh, Chloe what's up I know we can hear her from 300 kilometres away but Shani Layton how, what sort of role does she play for you guys and, and what's it like playing alongside such a, a, a loud foghorn? <laughs> um, she is one of the best humans um, it was pretty emotional for her today um, she was on the bounce with um, Danny Frawley so um, I think she had a bit of fire in her belly today and um, you know I can speak on her behalf that I think we did in proud today um, but having her in there and you just know she's going to give 100% even 110% just every single time and she's funny she's like Moy if, if I'm walking just yell at me and I'm like you want me to just yell at me she's like yep just yell at me um, but she she's great she's another player that lifts the confidence and when you got voice out there you two would know if your teammates are talking to you that instantly builds your confidence so um, it's been great and she, her game has just developed so much airily she's getting you know an option long down the line now she's understanding the game she asks questions um, so it's just been seeing her development is phenomenal and then she brings it into the game it's just like I want Shane Layton on my team I want her to tap it down my throat um, so it's been really good having her in there she's done really well she looks like she's just having so much fun is that what she is she just loving it she so we actually during this week um, we messaged a group we all wanted to say you know what our strengths are and what we bring in in capital she was like I just love footy like she, I don't think you've seen her out there when she's not smiling you know even when she's screaming I don't know somehow she's still smiling um, she is having an absolute ball and I think if you're, if you're having fun then it just you know transfers into the way you play and yeah she she absolutely loves it uh, Chloe what's been the support been like from the actual club itself so it seems like this year there's, there's a little bit more um, you know whole embracing of the women's football 
team and, and the journey that you guys have gone on this year. What's it been like from internal the club and, and the support that you've received? Yeah, it's been really, and it's been quite hard, Hachi, because we've been out of Vic Park. Um, so you do feel a little bit isolated, but, you know, even little things like just having the support down here today and um, the, having the boys, VFL, they finished a little bit earlier. So all the VFL doctors, um, physios, they all came and transferred over to us for helping us out. And, I love Collingwood, I love my club and um, you've been a part of it um, but we really came together and I think that's just the effort that we did out there today it wasn't just you know the players on the field it, it's a reflection of the club that we've got and the investment that we're getting from Collingwood Three questions before I let you go uh, Chloe, uh, first of all outstanding games today for some of the youngsters including Nicola Zenos, that great goal from her in the first quarter to find that open space and Jim and Lagoya has just been fantastic every game she's played for you. How do you go calling their names Zenos and Lagoya? Yeah, yeah. A bit of a tongue to yeah. Um, yeah, and they're, they're really good, and they come in from the Oakley Chargers, and they made an impact straight away. Um, they're two players that just want to learn and develop, and um, they each got a snag today, which is pretty cool. They are inseparable at training. Um, they are B1 and B2, um, but, you know, the, the draft's coming up, um, and I think two of those, especially the way Zenos played today, um, she probably hasn't been playing as well as she'd want to, but uh, I said to her uh, before the game, I said, it's your time to make an impact, and, you know, she did that straight away, kicking that goal. Um, that builds her confidence and you know that silly 50 but I said to her it's what you do next and she came out and killed it and so did LaJoya so um, I wish those two all the best in the draft um, and good luck to whichever side they go to I don't know if we'll get them but um, if they slip down to pick whatever yeah, I'll be pretty happy and what's it been like under the coaching of Penny Killery it's good she's really developed as well um, I think as a collective we've learnt from last year um, you know she's finding finding little unique ways of her coaching and then um, I think we, we simplified it this year a little bit more which is um, a bit easier for us to understand because it is a development league and it's development um, sorry guys someone just, yeah, just fell in the grandstand um, but it's been awesome to see her develop as a coach as well and like I said she's just simplifying things for us and we're all understanding um, I think she got a little bit robbed of uh, Coach of the Year, but she had one last year. Um, but like I said, it'll be a big test for her um, come grand final because I don't think she's ever coached a grand final. And it's also a big test for us because we've never played in a grand final. And finals footy is just um, something so different, Peter. And finally, the last question, a little bit of inside baseball because you're doing the Homestone Sports Degree course and working with a little bit of the media work alongside Paul Sebastiani. Feel free to dump him in on anything. <laughs> but for you, how's it been like? I've been, I believe you're lined up with Fox Footy. What's it been like? working behind the scenes there? It's been really awesome. They're a environment. I, I love the sporting environment. Um, it's very relaxed, but um, the job gets done. And it's cool to rub shoulders with a lot of, you know, Del Sano, Nick Rewalt, and they all know my name, and I'm kind of like, Um, But it's been really good. They're a good organisation and I'll be around for finals footy. So it's awesome to see that the hard work that goes into just producing a game um, and probably a little bit more respect for them because they they spend late nights um, just watching footy. But it's been really cool. And Paulie's at SEN with me. He's a very good journo. He's a very good commentator. Um, But, yeah, I've loved being at Fox Footy and SEN. And, yeah, just trying to set myself up for success. Chloe, thanks again for joining us here on RSN Carnival 2 for our post-game show. All the very best next Sunday when you take on the Western Bulldogs in the grand final. Thank you, guys. That's Chloe Malloy, a.k.a. Mickey Malloy, joining us here. <laughs> yes, here in the commentary position at Northport Oval. Well done to her on getting through to the grand final, fully fit, and we also look forward to seeing her run around in AFLW 2020. You can see the confidence, you can see the, the leadership from Chloe, who's still, what, 
20, 21 years old and still a heck of a lot of football left to go. Absolutely. She's, um, yeah, she's one of the best young players I've ever seen and had the, the uh, privilege of playing alongside. I got to play alongside her for for one year um, at the Pies and, um, yeah, she's, she's oozing with talent but also with leadership and um, got a really, really good sense of awareness, self-awareness as well. So, um, yeah, that'll obviously hold her in great stead and uh, wish her nothing but the best. Just how well that she speaks just then, as you said about the leadership, it, it kind of makes probably a dilemma for her in about 10 to 15 years' time. What is her pathway? Is it media or is it coaching? Well, I guess it depends on where AFRW goes. Um, yeah. You know, is it going to become a, a full-time... Um a full-time role, you know, for, for females in coaching, you know, that, that'll depend on where it goes from a competition point of view, so um, you know, in terms of, you know, she's got the profile now, the, the world, to be honest, the football world's kind of a bit at her, at her feet, so, um, you know, whatever she chooses to do, um, I think she'll do it really, really well. If you've just joined us, the final scores here, Collingwood Magpies 7-5-47, defeating the Southern Saints 5-3-33. We're about four minutes to go before we uh, go off air, so let's start to get some thoughts on the grand final for next week. Paul Sebastiani, I'll start down the end with you. Who's going to win before we know what the teams are going to be? Who's going to be playing on the day? Just on the surface at now, Western Bulldogs or the Pies and why? I think Collingwood will win um, purely because now they've got the momentum and they were able to um, understand what they got wrong against um, Footscray last time as well. Um, but, yeah, I just think they've just got a little bit too much class up forward. That Lambert and, you know, that combination of her and Malloy and, and Davey can go up there as well. I think they might just have a little bit too much firepower up front. Let's go with Lucy Watkin. I think it depends on the team that the Western Bulldogs pick. So if they put in some of those players like Ali Blackburn and uh, Hannah Scott, Deanna Berry, Lawrence Spark, um, players like that, I think that'll make a big difference. But I think Collingwood, I think they'll play... I don't know. I feel like Jamie Lambert, Malloy and Leighton and all of those are standing up right now and playing really good footy and they've got all that momentum so I think it'll be Collingwood that wins but depends on the team that the Western Bulldogs pick Phoebe McWilliams I um to be honest I haven't seen too much of the Western Bulldogs this season we played them once and it was um in horrific conditions where nobody really stood out so um not knowing too much about the Bulldogs but watching Collingwood play today um I think they're coming into some really good footy just at the right time and and like um we've been saying the class of their midfield and and those elite players are just going to stand up and I feel like they're ready to to show the footy world what they can do um, it's going to happen next week. Nick Hutchins. Yeah, look, I think it's... Um, the, the, yeah, I think momentum is critical when it comes to, um, to finals football. So... I guess you can probably hear also Shani Layton in the background there. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, I, momentum is absolutely critical when it comes to finals. The the, the stars, you know, we talk about that cream that's that, that rises to the top. Um, they're going to be really, really important and have a huge say on the results. So I'm saying, yeah, Collingwood will, will win the game. Um, and, and I think also they'll use a bit of their heartbreak from last year as a bit of a spur to um, to get the results. So potentially it could be Collingwood by a fair amount to, um, you know, I think Bulldogs were accurate last week, or the week before, or last week, yep, and, uh, and, and Collingwood weren't. So they were well aware of that as well. So I think Collingwood win, and um, I think they're going to win pretty comfortably, unfortunately, for Bulldogs. 
For, from my point of view, when I look at it, um, if it was in absolute picture-perfect conditions, I would say definitely Collingwood because uh, I don't think they respected the Western Bulldogs last time around and they've woken up to it, and I think they could destroy them if the game was at Marble Stadium and on a nice dry track and whatever. Weather forecast for Friday is 21, but then rain late. Rain in 15 on Saturday. If we get a slippery ground out there at Princess Park on Sunday, I'm throwing the odds heavily in favour of the Bulldogs. I think their tools are a bit more mobile and if the ball stays on the deck and we get a scrappy game, very similar to last week here where even though it was dry, it was a scrappy game I think that tilts it away of the Bulldogs. I personally think if it's wet underfoot, Jamie Lambert might kick five. Wow. Yep. That's the call. That's yep. the call. If it was Phoebe making that call, then yeah, it's done. It's, it's on <laughs> after the Emma Mackey call. But, um, but you get five goals in the grand final. If she doesn't get the best on ground medal then, then there is something wrong. Because you, you, you can take away the fairest part of that, so you can take away any arguing to the umpire because it's all independent people that uh, pick out the award for the grand final. But five goals in a grand final with Jamie Lambert would certainly make her well if she wasn't a superstar already how do, how do you how do you describe the next level again yeah, I'll be almost apart from the league being almost a perfect year for her absolutely uh, time for us to wrap up here on RSN Carnival 2 and WARFradio.com and the VFL app Paul Sebastiani thank you very much for the work that you've done on the boundary line today we look forward to your company in the grand final next week pleasure no worries looking forward to it Phoebe McWilliams outstanding debut for us here on Radio and RSN Carnival 2 thank you thank you very much for having me I really enjoyed it absolutely sensational call again with Emma Mackey that, that, that's getting replayed on social media during the week <laughs> we're putting that out there Meg Hutchins thank you very much for your company once again the second Collingwood Saints game that you've done and we might have a bit of variety for you next week when the Pies play the Bulldogs. Thanks very much guys, it was a, it's a pleasure to be part of it and uh, looking forward to next week. And to Lucy Watkin as well, our lead play-by-play caller. Lucy, thank you very much for the outstanding work that you've done today and congratulations by the way to your partner Olivia in winning a uh, hockey premiership yesterday. Yeah, she has two premierships now and I only have one so I've got to lift my game but yeah, she did very, very well yesterday captain of the side as well so congratulations to her, celebrated hard last night but looking forward to the Premiership uh, game next week between the Bulldogs and Collingwood. I'm Peter Holden, thank you very much for your company, I'll be back on Wednesday night 6pm on RSN Carnival 1 with our midweek show, you'll hear from the captains we preview the Victorian and we'll also preview the Tasmanian Grand Final, that's all happening this week, Wednesday 6pm and then we'll be back next Sunday, time to be confirmed, if it's like last year, it'll probably be an hour and a half pre-game show, a big show for you and the Grand Final right here on the Home of Women's Football, WARF Radio and RSN Carnival 2. Until next week, it's been a privilege having your company. We'll see you on Sunday for the grand final between the Pies and the Bulldogs. The VFL Women's Match of the Day is a volunteer production by Women's Australian Rules Football Radio for RSN 927's digital channel Carnival 2. Daniel Hufford leads the Breakfast Club. Rodney Eade is our Monday analyst after each weekend of the AFL Finals. He joins us 7am each Monday morning for the full hour in studio to wrap up the weekend's matches with the team. Finals footy, we love it on the Breakfast Club.